you know, our children come to us and they say, I don't want to do that. I'm bored tonight. I'm bored with it. I don't want to do it. And the reality is, is they're just like every other human being. They're in the middle of doing something else and they don't want to break from that. They don't want to break and go reset and restart again. And as parents, we've got to go, hey, um, I know you are bored with class and I know you're in the middle of playing your video game right now or I know Jimmy's come. Mm -hmm. You want to go play with Jimmy or go to the pool with Jimmy. But look, you always have fun. You always come out of there with a smile on your face. You're always happy you went afterwards. We're going to go ahead and go. Get ready. Mm-hmm. And, right. and I don't care how much fighting they do because the reality is, is it, our, as, a, as parents, it's our job to remind our children what they don't remember. feeling good man it's been it's been a really busy couple months and and uh and he goes man we're trying to get down like the 220s man yeah man 225 is my way he goes good you need to get there i'm gonna bust your ass when you get to 225 i got you (laughs) now i know you you recycled jokes he tells me that i was trying to say i was trying to say it off air but i tell them all i tell them both look i'm not gonna mess with you 230 and over Yeah, too, not, much. too much right and i'm full of shit because yeah. i'm not messing with them at 225 either right. but i said look they get down in that area i might try them <laughs> well, hey, well try coach josh them. is going to teach you that you don't have to be 230 to take yeah. yeah it's the truth right. i'm scared either <laughs> way it goes yeah. that ain't speaking happening. of we should probably introduce our guest today yes i think so and i think i'm going to introduce him because he has made a huge impact in my son's life uh, we have Coach Josh with us today. He's known as Coach Josh around our house, Josh Ruff. Thank you. Uh, and his lovely wife, Laura, as well, who's off camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are the uh, operators and managers of Rockstar Martial Arts in Prosper, which, again, which is, is where my son, my four-year-old son, goes and does jiu-jitsu, and he absolutely loves it. It's the highlight of his week. He loves going to see Coach Josh. So, Coach Josh, glad you're here. Uh, thank you for coming down. Thank you. I'm humbled to be here. Yeah, Thank you. Absolutely. So, no, you know what? Wait a minute. Before we get started here, Josh, we, we, we're here pretty we transparent, right? That's not much of a jump. He didn't really give you a lot of love there because, <laughs> no. you know, he said his son, you've been inspirational to his son. We're waiting on the love. The yeah. love's coming. Yeah. So, your inspiration to his son, he ain't giving, he's not inspirational to his son. Right? He's giving <laughs> <laughs> at all. At all. So, he needs somebody. Thank you, Josh, for I, being I, in Coop's life. For, I, needed, I needed a being real a, man yeah, to teach my son how to be a male leader. role model yes. in his life. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> Really carry low. You still show up every day. Yeah, hey, you're, gonna get, you're gonna get comfortable with uh, with thick skin around here for sure. So, <laughs> so, but we what we like to do, Josh, and we we talk to you. Sorry, Coach Josh. I want to be respectful. You can call me Josh. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not caught on the title. Yeah, I got you. So, what we like to do is we always like to start with the journey and, and understand. You know, yeah, you're you're great at what you do today, but how did you get here? And you've got an unbelievable story that we wanna we wanna touch on today. So, take us back. Lawrence, Kansas, where you're from. I assume that's where you were born. Maybe not. If, that's if, if where I was born. Okay. Yep. So take us back there. What was family life like? What was life like growing up in Lawrence, Kansas? So Lawrence, Kansas, uh, small community, home of the KU Jayhawks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is a college town. You know, things changed with the, with the college year for sure. Um, but I grew up with a single mom. She, you know, as you hear me talk about my mom, I loved my mom. I respect her, and I know she did the absolute best that she could for what she had going on in life. Um, But I also evaluate my life as honestly as I can, and I try to not be disrespectful towards how my mom raised me. 
but there were a lot of things that, you know, she did that could have made my life better. She, she was an alcoholic mm-hmm. and, um, you know, she used to want to drink, but she didn't want to drink in front of me. So mm-hmm. she would have me go outside and play around the neighborhood and hang out in the neighborhood. And, um, you know, looking back on that, I'm, I'm very thankful that she did that because I didn't have that influence of always seeing her, mm-hmm. you know, drinking and, and drink, you know, slamming shots down. And now, don't get me wrong, I'd come home and she'd be inebriated and she'd mm-hmm. be, you know, there were times that she would lock me out of the house and uh, she would be passed out. And I'd mm-hmm. literally sit out and bang on the door for a couple of hours in the dark just trying to get back in the house so I could go back to bed. And this is, you know, I'm talking, you know, five, six years old oh, when this wow. was going on. Wow. So, yeah, um, yeah so it was it was a, a different life for sure back then. No siblings? No siblings. Okay. Only child. Okay. That definitely didn't help my situation either, <laughs> you know, because, you know, where she did try to make up for where she was, you know, not doing her part was, you know, trying to spoil me in some sense with uh, – you know, trying to buy me things. And even then, she didn't have a lot of money, but she would still provide a toy here and there. And mm-hmm. she, she was trying to buy my love is what she was trying to do. I mean, that was the best she could do. And so, uh, yeah, very different situation, you know. And as I was kind of talking to you guys beforehand, you know, this was a time when you would go outside and play. Yeah. I mean, that's just what you did. Mm-hmm. We, it's a crazy concept. Yeah. Wait, what? You do it? You go outside and do what? See, I'm still stuck in time. I, I'm still yeah. like, kids don't go outside? Because, yeah. I mean, I even still sent my son out. My, mm-hmm. my first son would go outside, and, you know, he would, he would play. My stepson, he, he's more like this generation now, but mm-hmm. my, my, birth, my son that I had before my, from my first marriage, you know, we'd send him outside. He, right. he got that experience mm-hmm. as well and, and stuff, so... Um, anyways, I'd be outside and I'd hang around in the neighborhood and I was always doing stuff and, you know, I had a mouth, I had a mouth, you know, I, I, my mom always told me, you got to stand up for yourself. She always taught me to be a fighter. That was one thing about my mom. And, and I think that's, it's, it's crazy to look back, but the fighting attitude that I have came from my mom mm-hmm. and she wasn't a fighter. Not, mm-hmm. not like I am, but she, you know, she, she instilled in me to fight for myself and right. to fight for what I believed in and to stand up for myself. And, uh, you know, I, it's, it's funny. One of the things I remember growing up was, and this is like where I, I remember a switch going off in my head. And my mom would say, you know, I used to say things to the older kids and they'd chase me home and I'd run as fast <laughs> as I could, you know. And I'd go back outside later after everything was forgotten. You know, we'd be playing and I'd run my mouth to the older kids and they'd start chasing me and I'd take <laughs> off running and I'd get to the house. And, you know, sometimes I wouldn't make it to the house right. and I'd get beat up. Right. And, you know, I had to pay for that one. And um, one day my mom said, you know, she says, uh, you know, Josh, you got to quit running. If you're gonna if you're gonna start fights, you need to stick around and fight, because one of these days somebody's gonna call your mama's boy, mm. and you're not gonna like that. Mm. I'm like, whatever. So one day, some kid calls me a mama's boy, <laughs> and she's right. I didn't, I didn't like it. it. I didn't <laughs> like it at all. <laughs> I didn't like it. And and I remember it was this kid. He was, you know, I mean, at the time he was twice the size as me. Uh, he was the biggest kid in the kid in in the, in the class. And uh, I remember thinking, I'm going to do this. You know, it, it's funny how we know just how to, like. You had a game plan. We, well, you know, yeah. you know how to yeah. show your strength. Right. Like a cobra opens its hood, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. it's big. Uh-huh. So I pick my bike up and I throw it into the, out of the street and into the, into the, uh, off the, out of the street and into the yard of this person's yard. And me and this kid start squabbling and fighting back and forth. And we're beating each other up. And 
eventually some people come by and they, they separate us and send us on our way. And, uh, but I just remember that kid calling me a mama's boy mm. and that switch just, it changed. And literally it, I think from that point on, man, if, if you had words to say to me, we were going to fight about it. It mm-hmm. was just, that was how it was going to be. You know, my mom, when I ran home, she wasn't there to defend me. I mean, you know, right. like I said, sometimes the door was locked. I couldn't right. get in. I remember getting <laughs> beat it. up on the, you know, we had, so we lived in a town home. And, of course, the front door is just a normal front door. And then the back sliding glass door. Uh-huh. And I remember one time, man, sliding glass door was the closest one I could get to. And it was locked. Oh, oh man. <laughs> I remember getting beat up right there on the patio. You know, we all, every, every town uh-huh. home had its own patio. And I'm sitting there just getting clobbered on my own patio. Yeah, ain't not, <laughs> hey, ain't nothing like having home field advantage and still losing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Darren, exactly. you've been there before, yeah, surely. A number of times. <laughs> so uh, was your father in your life at a young age at all? The only memory I have, I have a couple, I have two memories of my dad and uh, he was gone before any memory, any visual memory. Mm-hmm. I remember being about three or four years old and being at my grandparents' house and my mom was talking to him on the phone and I remember her, she put me on the phone with him mm-hmm. and he promised me to bring, you know, he had, oh, I got a present for you. You know, that's all you were focused mm-hmm. on as a kid. And so I remember being disappointed for many years that he never showed up to bring me this present that he had, you right. know. So that was uh, one memory that I have of him. And then the other one was 16 years old. I'm out of control. My mom doesn't know what to do with me. She's still an alcoholic, but she's now married another alcoholic mm. that's in the life. And so I'm just, I'm losing my mind. I'm, I'm getting to an age where, you know, you can't tell me what to do anymore. Mm. Mm. You're not going to tell me what to do anymore. Mm. I may I may not be an adult yet, but you got to make me, and mm. you're not big enough to make me. Mm. And uh, so my mom called my, you know, she she calls her ex mother in law and you know my grandmother and and finds out where my real dad is and gets him on the phone and then we had another conversation and you know I'm already angry at the mm. world yeah. and mm. not listening to my mom who. Who I, you know, I would have told you then I loved her. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't, you know, I just was out of control. You just weren't going to tell me what to do anymore. And now she puts me on the phone with this guy who, in my mind, didn't bring me a present when I was three right. years old. Yeah, you know? right. I'm still waiting for this present. So, uh, yeah, we don't really have much to talk about, right? And uh, I do remember he starts talking to me about, you know, God. And he was a Jehovah's Witness. And I remember, excuse me, I remember my mom, um, being kicked out of the Jehovah's Witness church. And I remember there were certain kids in the neighborhood that couldn't go anywhere with my mom in the car. Like back then, you know, if you wanted to go to the pool, one kid's parents would drop you off and one kid's right. parents would pick you all yep. back up. And, and uh, you know, if my mom was the one driving, they couldn't ride with her. Mm-hmm. And it was because of her being excommunicated from the Jehovah's mm-hmm. Witness church. So, you know, he, then he's talking to me about how he'd been accepted back into the church. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was above, uh, above and beyond, you know, they'd been kicked out because of drinking and because mm-hmm. of uh, divorce and, right. and all this stuff. And so, you know, he's talking to me about this stuff. And I'm like, and I know what he's doing now. I get it. Um, you know, I, I have found God now. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and I understand and it's not Jehovah's Witness. I'm a Christian, you know, mm-hmm. Christian man. But. Uh, I understand what he was trying to do, but it's hard. But it's hard when you I haven't spoken with you since I was three. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like there's no trust. There's no whether you're my biological father or not. There's mm-hmm. no trust. If anything, he pushed me further away. Mm-hmm. If anything, it, it just made me go. 
man, if this is what people from God are like, mm-hmm. I don't, yeah. I don't want nothing to do with that. So mm-hmm. uh. yeah, that, that wasn't a good conversation. My mom had me talking to him about, uh, how, you know, she was going to send me to him. And I was just like, you know, you're going to send me to him. I'm just going to kill him. Mm. And you're going to visit your son in prison. I mean, I had a lot of anger. anger so yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, I was, it was very tough as a child. So up to 16, you know, what, when did you get involved with martial arts or what was your outlet? Like, did you have, or was it just, I go to school and I fight? Was there an outlet that you had that you were like, okay, hey, look, I'm passionate about that. What was, where did you express yourself? I guess, where did that anger come out? So uh, dealing with all the bullies, uh, you know, I was probably, and I always tell this, I tell this to the kids at school. When I was five years old, I had to walk, it was roughly nine blocks to get to school. I mean, everybody did it. So it wasn't like I was the only five-year-old out there walking to school. Um, and I would have to go to a daycare because I was only in half a day of, of uh, kindergarten. But as I got into first and, sixth and second grade, I started having to walk home. Can and you imagine having, sorry, can you imagine having Cooper walk nine blocks to school right now? See, I, that's weird. I can't, but the, I, I'm like you. I did the same thing. That, I walked that, to school. That's exactly yeah. right. And it's yeah. so weird how in just one yeah. generation, a few short years, yeah. yeah, we've gotten away from that. But anyway. Yeah, sorry. no, you're, you're, I look at the kids every day and I'm looking at them and I tell the story and I'm like, Man, there's no way I wouldn't send anyone of you guys down the street right now. Yeah. You know? He needs yeah. a few more years with you yeah. before I send them off. Yeah, you know, so I look at the kids, and it, it's mind-blowing to me what I did. But, yeah. you know, I'd be walking home at, you know, first and second grade, I started walking home. I was, my mom couldn't afford the daycare anymore. So, uh, you know, I'd have to go home. I was a latchkey kid, and, and you know, she had a key hidden for me, and I'd have to let myself in the house, lock the door, don't answer the phones, right. don't answer the doors, mm-hmm. you know, and... uh uh, wait for her to get home from school or from from work, and then I would be allowed to go do whatever. And uh, so I, I, I was kind of talking about this earlier. Uh, I don't know if I would had already been put into Taekwondo or if the Karate Kid came out and then my mom found Taekwondo for me, but it, right around that same time that the original Karate Kid came out mm. with uh, – um, Mr. Miyagi and Daniel off. You know, I had, had gotten into Taekwondo and started learning how to protect myself that way. And, you know, I, the Karate Kid provided hope, mm-hmm. you know, for a kid who, who, who doesn't know the Lord and, and doesn't understand that life and who doesn't have a man around that, that movie provided me inspiration. Mm-hmm. Hey, here's a kid who's dealing with five other kids right. that are beating him up. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the moon movie, he's redeemed and he's, you know, he's able to at least have that respect that mm-hmm. we're not going to pick on each other. And of course they did more movies and you got to see Daniel grow through that process, man, that, that spoke to me, yeah. mm-hmm. that, that spoke to me. And, you know, so I, I did the Taekwondo for, I want to say I stuck with it for about a year. Mm -hmm. And then I got into this, well, mom, I'm bored with it. Uh, Or, you know, it wasn't going the way I expected it to, Mm -hmm. right? I wanted to be a black belt, and I'm only a yellow belt. (laughs) It's taking, yeah. I wish I had two stripes on my yellow belt. (laughs) A yellow belt, you know. And uh, so, yeah, I eventually, you know, convinced my mom to let me quit, you know. And she was constantly telling me look this is how you learn to protect yourself this mm-hmm. is you know oh, i can do it i can protect myself you know i know how to fight and mm-hmm. you know so she let me quit and that was always one of those things that 
it kind of rode with me, you know, because I really did want to be a black belt. Mm-hmm. Everything that I understood in my child mind of, you know, what a black belt was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Mr. Miyagi was kind of the representation of that. Right. And, and right. you're, you're kind of like, okay, I want to be that guy. Mm-hmm. Now, at the time, I would have told you I wanted to be the karate kid. Right. Never in my life would I have imagined that the goal was Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so um, that was kind of how I got into the martial arts. And, and I, I always kind of practiced it. It was not one of those. It was one of those things that, like, me and my friends, we'd watch WWF. Oh, yeah. Man, we'd be outside beating each other oh, yeah. up. I mean, right. you know, trying to. It, we didn't have rings, but we had jungle gyms. And, man, yeah, we'd right. jump off the oh, jungle yeah. gym on each other. Because yeah. I remember that. That was when, Absolutely. like, there was still a question. Is that real or fake? Yeah. You're young yeah. enough. You're not. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's fake, but it might be real. So we're just going to pretend that it's real. Didn't but. you see how that guy bleeds, man? <laughs> you can't oh, fake man, blood. He's got razor blades in his sidebar. Who were the guys, who were the big wrestlers when you were growing up watching as a kid? Obviously, the original was Hulk Hogan. Uh-huh. Um, after that, I absolutely loved the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. He was just, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. man, he'd get in there and freak out and Oh, and, man. You know, I think, uh, like, Ravish, Ravishing Rick Rude yeah. uh, was another yeah. name. And then Randy Savage. Randy also. Savage. So. Rick Flair, boy. Rick Flair, Flair yeah. Was the dog. yeah. Bret Hart, boy. the Heartbreak Kid. Yeah. The Heartbreak oh, Kid. Yeah. 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 I threw a documentary on the other night of the Heartbreak Kid, and Laura looks at me and goes, I don't know who that is. I'm like, you don't know who Shawn Michaels is? Shawn <laughs> Michaels. And she's like, nope. And I'm like... Yeah, find something else. The Triple H. I'm telling you, sixth and seventh grade, we were at the video store back when they had video stores mm-hmm. every single weekend, and we were renting wrestling re- wrestling DVDs or I guess they were the v- WrestleMania. VHS, yeah, yeah, WrestleMania, yeah. old VHSs. That's what we did, man. Yeah, that's funny. Anyway, back to you. Not about. Well, me. I mean, no. I mean, my son. Uh, my son's name's Austin, and you know, when my son was born, that was you know, I was 22. And that was the time of Stone Cold Steve oh, yeah. Austin. Austin yeah. So he yeah. actually just did a documentary, and it's pretty cool if you, you watch the documentary they did about his life. Uh, it's just interesting to see how he changed wrestling. But my son, I mean, my wife, my ex-wife and I were, hey, you know, if it's a girl, you get a name her. If it's a boy, I get to name him. And I was doing the typical guy thing. I'm whatever. We're just cruising along. Uh-huh. And it's like 36 hours before my son's supposed to be born. And, you know, I'm watching wrestling. And I'm like, hey. Austin, that's a good name. <laughs> that's a good right? name. And so uh, there's the name. Come yeah, here, the name stuck. So yeah, yeah that was how his name came about. But. So so you're in the backyard with your buddies, and and you would, you know, you quit taekwondo, you wrestling, and about what age? So you're what like junior high ish at this point? I mean, how old do you think you are? So I mean, I probably I'm you know stayed in the taekwondo for you know. Probably third to fourth grade. Okay. Um, and then, you know, by that time, fifth grade. Fifth grade is the time when my mom re- remarries. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other guy, the guy's, a, you know, he's, again, I, I love him. He he did so right by my mom when she had Alzheimer's. And, and he is, you know, my dad. He's my stepdad. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I wouldn't have told you. I hated him. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and he was just a, so he comes into my life and, and marries my mom. And then they, he moves us out into the country. So now we move out of mm. Lawrence where all my friends are and I moved out into the country and my closest friend is three miles down the road, mm. you know, and we're talking mm. countryside. It's not like, right, you know, there's right. stuff in between here and there. And, uh, you know, so then I grow anger towards him because, well, I'm now stranded, stranded. out here right. with nobody and mm-hmm. you guys are all just getting drunk around me. Mm-hmm. And it was now mm-hmm. I kind of got to see more mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. 
what I was missing all the years that I lived in town. Mm. Because in town, even when he came along in the beginning, when they were drinking, I wasn't there. Right. I was outside playing. Yeah, you're with active then. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so now I kind of get to sit in and and see what's happening, and I get to hear all the noises that come with two people drinking mm-hmm. and the attitudes and the fights and everything that come from it. And so about. I don't know, about the time I start driving, and, and that's a time when you get your driver's license at 14, and, you know, mom's got me there, you know, the first couple of weeks of being 14 years old because she doesn't want to drive me around anymore because yep. she's busy being drunk, and yeah. anytime she's got to come get me, she's been drinking when mm, I wasn't right, there, so it was, right. I spent a lot of time in a car with a drunk driver a lot, mm. and, you know, didn't realize that as a kid so much. I right. get it now, but uh, so about the time I start driving – I have a buddy who's dating this girl, and her dad is a third-degree black belt. And him and his buddies get together over at the uh, Indian Nation College over there in, Can- in Lawrence, and they have a class that they're just teaching. And he invites, you know, I get what he's doing, too. He's inviting right. his daughter's boyfriend, <laughs> <laughs> you know, to the kickboxing Can class. legally and, punch yeah. Yes, exactly, exactly. And uh, so we go, and we start doing that, and... You know, we get in there, and, and these guys, you know, it, it's amazing how, you know, I didn't meet God till five years ago. Mm-hmm. I didn't accept mm-hmm. him, but it, I look back now, and I see how God put people in my life right. mm-hmm. all the way along, and he, he brought me along, and these guys obviously saw the lifestyle yeah. that even if I wasn't talking about it, I mean, you, you look at a kid, and you're like, okay, something's going on there, mm-hmm. whether yeah. you know what's happening or not, and they poured into me. They poured a lot into me, and they inspired me that... You know, I had something with martial arts. I remember I kicked the guy, and whether he was serious or not, he was like, man, I think you ruptured my kidney, and he just, he was hurt, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. he, he couldn't believe that a, a young guy had kicked him that hard, mm-hmm. and, you know, um, so, it, but it inspired me. Again, I'm a kid that wanted to be destructive. I was angry. Mm-hmm. You just told me I hurt you, and you think mm-hmm. your kidney's bleeding. Right. <laughs> I got something <laughs> here, right? Yeah. So I was inspired by that, and I stuck with that for a couple of years, and then they ended up kind of just breaking up their whole deal. And it was just, it was nothing they were ever, it was never a class thing. It was ne- mm-hmm. it was just something they were all agreed mm-hmm. to, to do and getting together and teaching, and they all just kind of had life get in the way, yeah. and it separated. So got out of that, and then my cousins, so my aunt's, uh, my aunt's husband, his brother, brother was a fourth-degree black belt. Mm-hmm. in taekwondo and so about 18 i start training with him and i train with him for a couple of years and then about 22 that's when my son comes along and then anybody that's ever had a child knows that life just kind of goes haywire and yeah. so yeah. i walked away from you know martial arts mm. and uh no longer was you know any i wasn't being active at all and there was a small stint there where my childhood where i was doing some things that I didn't need to be doing, you know, right. I went down the wrong path completely. Was alcohol involved in those years? <sighs> alcohol was involved. Drugs were involved. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, I did plenty of things that I didn't need to be doing mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. 18 and 22. My son was the wake up call. Mm-hmm. And even then, I, I wish I could say that it was the day he was born, but it really was. And it was about six months in. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend down here in Texas that was like, look, you need to wake up. You need to get away from your life. She's like, look, I got a place for you. You bring you, your son, your wife, you come down here, you get away from everything you know, and you start your life over. Mm. And uh, we ended up having like 100 bucks. And we put 100 bucks together, and we got gas money to get down here, and we ended up in Texas. And that was only temporary. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it was, yeah. this was, 
22 years ago, this was only temporary, mm-hmm. but uh, that's how we ended up in the, t- in, in the state of Texas. Wow. Oh, so what was going to be your, your living? Like, how were you going to make a living moving down here to Texas? What were you going to do? I had no idea. Oh. I had not, I had never really worked a real job mm-hmm. in that point. I had kind of, I grew up around gangs and, and, you know, by the time I, I eventually got out of the country and started doing my own thing again, I got wrapped up with the wrong people and mm-hmm. started hanging with gangs and started hustling and, and doing things that I didn't need to be doing. And, I had never really had a real job, and so I came down here, and, you know, it was crazy to me. I, I, I never was a thief, but I knew a lot of thieves. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how they made their living, and I came down here, and the very first job I get is a security guard, <laughs> and I thought, man. <laughs> you knew how they worked. <laughs> you flipped. <laughs> He's a narc. I knew how it worked. Well, you know, but, it, you know, yeah, wrong, definitely the wrong attitude behind that. It was kind of like, you know. If if it's gonna hurt somebody, I'll stop you. But if it wasn't really a big deal, yeah. I, I wasn't that security yeah. guard. Whatever, <laughs> man, do your thing. <laughs> right. Whatever. So, uh, yeah. So I ended up down here, and and I got away from martial arts. Um, the way I ended up back in it was uh, my son, five years old, comes to me and says, "Dad, I want to be a ninja turtle." Mm-hmm. And I all of a sudden remember, okay, I really wanted a black belt. And I'm like, hey, I mean, what else are we doing here in adulthood? Right. I mean, I hadn't figured out anything to do with my life. I mean, you know, 22 years old, got a, you know, six-month-old son here. I'm sorry, sorry, when he turned five, I'm sorry. So I was 27 years old, but raising a son and no real direction in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, I had sold cars. I mean, my first job was security guard. I eventually found a job. Uh, selling cars, mm-hmm. and then eventually got into the sales world and, and kind of started doing that. But even then, that was pretty empty. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, five years old, my son says, hey, Dad, I want to be a Ninja Turtle. And I sat down with him, and I really thought about, you know, what he said to me. And I remember how I wanted a black belt so badly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I didn't understand what that meant as a kid, but I knew it meant you could – you could defend yourself, right? right. And that's, that meant everything to me because of all the fights that I had to get into. Um, so I sat down with my son for about two hours at five years old, and we have a conversation. And I keep telling him, look, son, if we start martial arts, you don't get to quit till you get your black belt. There is no quitting. Mm-hmm. And I, he goes, okay, Dad, I understand. And he's like, I want my black belt. I'm like, look, it may take you five years to get a black belt. That's okay, Dad. Okay, but I'm going to tell you, in three years, you're going to come to me, and you're going to say, Dad, I didn't know what I was agreeing to. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to remind you of this conversation. I don't care that you don't understand what you're agreeing (laughs) to. If you agree to this, this is how it goes. And we had that conversation, and he kept agreeing, he kept agreeing, he kept agreeing, he kept agreeing. So I I got online, and I I found a place. uh, At the time, I was living in Plano, and I found a place in Frisco that was teaching jujitsu and, and Muay Thai. And mm-hmm. so I thought, well, I'll go check it out. We went in and something about the place just kind of, you know, it, it was, that was, it was, it was home. Mm-hmm. So we started training and so began the journey that I've been on now. For so the last we 17 started training. Years. So, that, so you're having, uh, you're yeah. having this conversation. What's your son's name? Austin. Austin. You're yes. talking to yourself. Yes. You were talking to yourself. You yes. were talking, your mom didn't hold you to it. But when you were having that conversation with Austin, be it you wanted him to go and you weren't going to allow him to quit. You were actually finding your way as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, 
I, I don't know that I would have seen it that way even mm-hmm. then, but I knew what needed to be said to him, Yep. you know, because it, it wasn't explained to me. Mm-hmm. And my mom didn't understand. She just was trying to find something yeah, for me right. to protect sure. myself. Mm-hmm. It meant nothing, nothing about a black right. belt, you right. know. But one of the things that I, as I got older, I regretted, and I, and I even found, again, it, just because we get angry doesn't mean we're right. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't stop the fact that we get angry. And I got angry at my mom. I'm like, why did she let me quit? Yeah, yeah. Because she knew what this uh-huh. meant to me. I mean, she knew, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, but I wore her down. I, I wore her down. I mm-hmm. did what every kid does to their parents. I, I ground her, and I ground on her, mm-hmm. and I ground on her. And, and God, she just couldn't, you know, she's a single mom, and she's an alcoholic. And, you know, it was easier for her to not have to do that right. drive because, right. you know, she wouldn't be drinking Man, there's so much. there's so much into that. Yeah, because I've been through this same situation with my kids, my two boys, where my oldest oldest always says, why'd you let me quit basketball? You should have let me play. My 19 year old says, why'd you let me quit playing quarterback in high school? I should have, you know, you should have done this, this. And And there's so much truth in that. So as we look at being parents, it's just parents. Hold your kids to it. Yeah. I mean, be there for your kids to say, look, I'm not going to let you quit. There is no quit. You signed up. This is the game plan, and have that game plan and march on. I think there's there's a lot to that well, conversation. I think, I think we'll we'll get into it here in a little bit as as we continue with your journey and and, and now coaching, um, and and the lessons. But but I agree. But I think the question is, hopefully, we'll answer later. Is how do you how do you teach your kid to do that himself? Mm-hmm. Have that that self-confidence to see it and i and i get it as a kid you haven't worked hard enough to see the results on the other side like you haven't right. done it long enough so like when it gets hard just naturally you just stop yeah right? you know why people quit though i'm telling you why why the parents don't hold them because the parents get tired as well yep. the parents get tired the kid says well i don't want to do this and then the parent says you know what uh, you're right i don't want to drive Actually, you, to you know what? wednesday nights would be nice to, stay, be home. Nice to yep. stay home and have a glass of wine instead yeah. of having to be there so it's tiff and i have never done that no no nope. <laughs> i haven't either i have nope. not done that <laughs> hey luca you sure you don't want to play baseball <laughs> all right cool <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i'm going through that now well you know yeah. what's amazing and and this is and 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 i deal we deal with this a lot with parents because they'll come to us and they'll say well we really want our kid to stay in it but he just doesn't want to and we're not going to force them mm. And the truth is, because I have lived long enough, my son will be 23 uh, in June, and he's already come back to me and said, you know, Dad, you this, da 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 mm. You know, and you've got to listen to that. And as a parent, you just got to go, oh, you're right, I did do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing you can do to take back the mistakes you made with That's your right. children. The time's gone, you know. But he, I, the thing is, is some of the stuff that he said to me, I remember looking at it, just thinking to myself, yeah, you know, and I remember that was more convenient to me for it to be that way. Mm-hmm. So I went ahead and kind of geared you that direction. I directed you that yeah. way through my speech, through my words, because, mm. you know, you, you, I mean, when we're talking to somebody, we're, it, I, I don't quite know how my wife says it, but basically we're trying to manipulate somebody into the way we think or to see yes, things. Sir, yes. When we yes. open our mouth, mm-hmm. we're trying to manipulate mm-hmm. and not, it doesn't have to be a negative, mm-hmm. but that's literally what we're doing. Yeah. We start mm-hmm. trying to communicate. If I want you to take the trash out, I've got to manipulate you into <laughs> doing yeah. it, right? right. So, yeah. Um, yeah, with my son, you know, I've had to deal with him, you know, coming back and saying, why'd you do this? And I remember going, man, I remember directing you. 
Mm-hmm. And I know parents do that now. And it's so hard because you have a parent saying, hey, I want my kid to do this. But you know, you can tell in the way they've been dealing with the situation, mm-hmm. they're probably doing what I've done to my son in right. the past mm-hmm. when I didn't. Are you sure you don't want to go to baseball? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. We're good. I'm off the yeah. hook. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. We can do that to our children. We, mm-hmm. we, we can direct our children through our enthusiasm, through mm-hmm. our beliefs and at the end of the day, we're the boss. That's right. Mm. We my are. Kid, my kid hasn't, you know, my 14-year-old my hasn't lived long enough to be able to tell me how he can and can't live his life. He doesn't have enough examples in life. He doesn't have enough experience in life yep. to be able to tell me what's good for him and what's not. When he's 18 years old, I'm still going to try to tell him what's good for him. But at that point, the law says he does not have to listen to that's me. That's right. That's right. But he does up until that point. Yeah, that's right. And my 14-year-old, man, he's a wonderful kid. I mean, I, we've been so blessed with our children yeah. and, and the way that they behaved. But um, Yeah, and we, we, we're, we, we came through that. And I came through that, that time period where in the 90s specifically having kids is we began to barter and allowed our kids to barter with us. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the shame and what we're sort of seeing now is that yep. – because they didn't, we Not didn't sort of, I think escalate, escalate it. Right. Yeah. Because we didn't hold them, their feet to the fire because we weren't disciplined enough. Right. Then they didn't get it done. They didn't get those same experiences of going through some hard. Sometimes you got to go through some hard shit to Absolutely. develop who you are. Absolutely. And we didn't allow them to do that because we were too damn lazy. And here it is. Here's the product mm-hmm. that's out there right now. Yeah. Helicopter parenting, Absolutely. lawnmower parenting. Yep. Yep. You know, the helicopter parent wants to be over the top and just supervise, make sure everything yep. goes the way it's supposed to. But I think the helicopter parent, you know, the reason they're the helicopter is because when they need to, they want to be able to come in and mow down. That's right. Everything yeah, else. Everything yeah. else that they need yeah. to, right? Yeah. And, and, man, nobody was there to mow down anything for me. Nobody was over the top watching me. I right. mean, I got kicked out of plenty of friends' houses. You know, hey, it, it wasn't really kicked out, but – you know, I'd spend the night, and then it was, hey, I don't want that kid coming back. Mm. Because nobody was teaching me how to behave. Right. You know, and, and my right. wife still deals with some of the, 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 yep. the well, the, the fact that I had no guidance, and she still deals with the fact that I was an only child. I mean, mm. you put those two together, man, and I'm like a perfect storm for, mm. for, of a nightmare for, right. of a man sometimes. Right. And, you know, I'm blessed that my wife would stay with me long enough and yeah. allow me to grow and, and start to realize that, hey, I am this guy, and, mm-hmm. you know, I need to change some of my ways for sure. So. Right. But, uh, yeah, I went through a lot of stuff as, as a kid growing yeah. up and just. Yeah. So let, let's go back then. So you're yeah. now your, your, your son. You've gotten your son involved. Right. You're, and he's, uh, he's five at the time. He's five yeah, at the time. How old are you at this time? I'm 27. You're 27. Okay, so now you guys are back in the class, right? You're right. doing the class together. And Correct. doing jujitsu well, now at this point? We're or? doing jujitsu okay. now. Yeah. Um, he, we, it's a separated class. It's okay. not like he's right. in my class, class. but yeah. yes, we are, we're mm-hmm. both trained. Yes. Okay. Okay. So just really quickly before you go on that, describe the difference for those that don't know. I'm, I'm assuming like most everybody does, but the difference between, uh, Taekwondo, uh, Jiu-Jitsu, jiu- well, Jiu-Jitsu, Muay Thai, Muay Thai Karate, like the, just describe the different sectors of these martial arts. Sure. Uh, I mean, basically, when it comes down to it, you've got two styles of martial arts. You've got your striking martial arts, and you've got your grappling martial arts. Um, when you're talking about taekwondo and karate, they can come across as very similar. Mm-hmm. They are very different, um, obviously, because of the countries they come from. Mm-hmm. Karate's from Japan. Taekwondo's from Korea. Um, taekwondo is more known for its flying kicks and its fancy kicks mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. a lot of kicking. 
Uh, karate is, you know, one of the things that I've known about karate. I've never actually got into a lot of karate, but one of the few things that I have figured out about them, those men were tough. I mean, they beat each other down. There was no gloves in karate. There was mm. no – now, you couldn't punch each other in the face, but, man, they'd hit each other as hard as they could nice. in the chest. Right. And they would add in leg kicks where you could kick each other in mm. the IT mm. bands, which is just one of the most miserable feelings mm. in the world. And, you know, they, they did that old school hitting bricks and hitting trees. Mm. And, you know, karate, I think, is where I, you know – Heard the whole term of whatever you want your fist to feel like, that's what you need to be punching. So if you wanted huh. your hands to feel like steel, you need mm. to be punching steel. If you wow. wanted your hands to, you know, and they would have like these these buckets of sand and sit there and mm-hmm. dig their hands yeah. in. Yeah. And it's yeah. just toughening mm-hmm. up their hands. And and so um, that's about all my understanding of karate. Muay Thai is from Thailand. And my fascination with it actually came from the movie Kickboxer. Oh, yeah. Jean-Claude yeah. Van Damme. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Dennis Alexio. Yeah. yeah. Dennis Alexio yeah. from yes. my hometown. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So Los Angeles, right? Uh, back <laughs> Yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, actually, I saw that, and that was different. Muay Thai was different. I mean, you know, you, you watch that movie, and you see Tong Po in there, and he's kicking this uh, this pole with his shins and he's kicking it kicking it and then you know each fight he comes out and he does a demon and that was cool how they did it they did a real great demonstration of what muay thai was in each round of that uh, at the end fight you know Mm -hmm. he comes out he does elbows and he does knees and he calls out what he's going to do and you know muay thai is uh called the art of eight limbs Mm -hmm. because they use fists they use elbows they Mm -hmm. use knees and they use shins Mm. You know, um, karate will kick with their feet. Muay Thai, they kick with their shins. Mm. So it, it's just a lot more powerful. It's more that feeling of getting hit by a stick or a baseball mm. bat versus right. mm. a foot that can kind of flap around back mm-hmm. there. Mm. So um, that's that's the Muay Thai. And then as far as Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, it's a grappling art, mm-hmm. meaning uh, like you learn the self-defense art of, gra- uh, of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and there's punching. I mean, we're going to punch at you. You know, yeah. we're going to kick you in the knee to kind of stomp mm. your knee in to mm. stop you from coming at us. But the grappling is really what yeah. the is what the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is known for. And it's, you know, everything that happens from the moment two people grab each other yeah. and no longer are swinging at mm-hmm. each other. I mean, from the moment it, it it's you clinch up together. Right. And Muay Thai covers a lot of that as well. Muay Thai adds in the clinching yeah. where uh, karate and Taekwondo don't necessarily allow you to it's clinch your partner distance, in. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's more from an outside distance <clears throat> where Muay Thai will fight outside, but they'll also fight halfway, yeah. and they'll also get right inside clinch, and hug yeah. each other and really yeah. fight in the right. clinch. And, and so – you know, jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai kind of complement each other in that sense. But then jiu-jitsu goes further as it hits the ground. Right. Yes. And that's where you start learning what's happening down on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, it's about, I think Hicks and Gracie said it best. Jiu-jitsu is surfing. And, you know, you don't go out and tell the ocean what to do. You just take a board out there and you ride the ocean. Yes. And, you, oh, you know, when it hits yes. the beach, you're done. Right. Yeah. You know? right. And, yeah. that, and that's kind of what jiu-jitsu is. is you're not going ma- to make somebody do something. Your right. job is to ride that aggression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your job is to stay ahead of it, to know what's going to happen uh, from it. Makes sense. So that you can deal with it accordingly. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not that you're seeing the future. It's just that once you start understanding what's happening, you can kind of get ahead of what they're about to do. Do, right. And so now all of a sudden you're ultimately controlling somebody. Yeah. The beauty of it is, is, is truly out of all the martial arts. And this is back, you know, karate kid gave me hope. 
But I also lost that hope because I realized I couldn't punch and kick people bigger yeah. than me <laughs> right. and get them to stop unless yeah. I could knock them out. Yeah. I couldn't knock these guys uh-huh. out. I mean, we, we didn't, I didn't have the power, and, right. you know, they're too tough for that. So uh, that was where my hope kind of fizzled in the yeah. martial arts. Yeah. And when you saw uh, Hoist Gracie in you know the UFC, yeah, UFC yeah, one, say, you yeah. know nobody knows what happened. Right. You know, nobody, yeah. everybody's you know even Ken Shamrock tapped and and the ref sitting there trying to figure out what's happening and Gracie's like you tap you tap tell him you tap because he's about to throw the choke back on yeah. if Ken Shamrock says no, no I didn't right. and it was it. Yeah, it was cool. That was the point where you're like, okay, we're not yeah. watching wrestling because right. Ken Shamrock looked at him. He said, "I tapped," mm. and that's what that's what I love about jujitsu. I love that Hoist Gracie comes out full gi, and you got Shamrock jacked, these short shorts, like yeah. he's the champ and he's the guy. And and I don't want to say effortlessly, but like what he like you like you mentioned the surfing, what he was able to to do to Shamrock and really every opponent for, for years to come from there in the UFC mm-hmm. is whatever you do, I have a counter and I have a submission associated mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. Like I, you, there's nothing that you can't do because I think you mentioned it, right? Is every fight I got into, yeah, like it starts with punches. Every single fight ends up, up grappling. Right. Every single one. Yeah. Yep. And so that was, you know, obviously – and. From a history perspective, and you can you can give a better uh, a better picture of it, is that was really when jujitsu became mainstream in the United States when it came from Brazil, correct? That was their advertisement. Yeah, um, the Gracies. I mean, it had been popular down in in Brazil. You know, obviously started early 1900s with uh, Helio and Carlos. I say Helio is the grandfather, right? And yeah, uh, yeah and so. With them, what they were trying to do was show the world that they had the most that they had the most deadliest or the best effective self defense system out there, and so they literally put out a what was called the Gracie Challenge, and they put a hundred thousand dollars down and they said we'll we'll take on any fighter, any style, no no holds barred. We're not you know because people would always pull the well I got this move and I can't even practice it. It's too deadly. You know they're like mm, use right. it. And they were like come in right. and use it. You know the Denmark and, yeah. and you know the yeah. death touch and and the so DDT <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, so the Gracies were like yeah we'll we'll put the up people's elbows. Yeah. And yeah. as far as I know, I think that hundred thousand dollars was it was at one point for a long time. It, I want to say into the two hundred and in, into the two thousands. That hundred thousand dollar challenge was there for many years. Really, if you want to come in and and challenge us, you know, Gosh. we'll put you down. Yeah. And mm. and they did. They everybody came in, and that's exact. You know, the thing is, is fights always go to the ground because you hit somebody and he hits you back, and you think real quick, do I want to do with that again? Yeah. And if you don't, and you're not willing to run away, then the only safe place is it's to get in there and get a hold yeah. of him, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. then two people holding each other and, and squabbling with each other. Well, I mean, gravity is against them. Yeah. I mean, mm. just they're always – we are, you know, for for the creatures on Earth, humans have some of the worst balance mm. out there, period. I mean, and so you get two people trying to wrestle with each other and they're more focused on the guy in front of them right. and not mm. keeping their feet under them, you're going to hit the ground. Yeah. Mm. You know, it, the guy that knows what's happening down there – that's the one that's going to be okay. Yeah. Mm. That guy that doesn't know what's happening down there, they're in a world of hurt. Mm. If you got two guys that don't know what's going on, no big deal. I mean, you're just going to beat each other up. <laughs> right. Two but hogs on ice. You, <laughs> you know, when I came into jujitsu, 
I, you know, I was a tough guy and had come out of the streets and, and really thought, you know, I could handle myself. Mm -hmm. There's certain things another man can't do to me. My first jiu-jitsu class, you know, I'm, my coach was a purple belt. And, man, he, boy, it, it became very apparent real quick. There are men out there that they can yes. do whatever they want to you, and you're not going to stop them. Yeah. I, I don't care what you think you got. And, mm -hmm. you know, and now my coach was bigger than me, yeah. you know. The real lesson came when the 16-year-old did it to me. Yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah. When the 16-year-old did it to me. Matter of fact, as I got into it, as I first got into martial arts, my first injury came. This kid, 16 years old, he was a blue belt in jiu-jitsu. You can't get your blue belt in jiu-jitsu until you're 16. Mm. Um, he was a blue belt. And kid, we were sparring, but it was actual striking sparring. And he slipped a punch of mine and hits me right in the ribs and just mm. busted my rib, Ugh. man. And his first injury came from a 16-year-old. <laughs> wow. You're like, okay. Tell your mama. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tell your mama. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yes. All right, so, you, so you, you get into it. You're training with your son. At what point did you realize, wow, like this is something I really, really want to pursue? Because you said work was whatever. I didn't really find passion in sales, and I, and I was just kind of whatever. But when did you say, okay, hey, this jujitsu route is something that I really want to invest in? So as I got into the jujitsu, my, my ex-wife and I, as far as I knew, everything was okay. You know, um, we had been training, and I was working in timeshare at the time, and had been going through some issues with the company and they were doing some changes and I was in disagreement with the changes and I was the top salesperson mm. in the company. And I, I felt like I had a, a voice to say something and uh, you don't, but whatever, <laughs> I still said something, you know, that's who I am. And, and uh, I kind of made my stand and they had changed the schedule up. And that was the time that, you know, I had found jujitsu mm -hmm. and my son and I had started doing this and, you know, they come back to me and they tell me that they're going to go back to this old schedule that I had told them, you know, which I had thought we'd always should have stayed on right. and that this new schedule wasn't going to work. But I set all these new priorities in this mm -hmm. new scheduling. And now they're like, well, you're going to have to forget that you're going to have to be at work. Right. And, you know, so I'm going in and my boss, he's let me because I am the top salesperson in the office. So he's, he's kind of let me just skip out on my Wednesday night work mm -hmm. and, because I'm, I, I'm training jujitsu. And, you know, salespeople are so mythical about their wheels and, you right. know, hey, you're taking my lead. That should have been my customer. Right. I would have got that sale. And, right. yeah, I had no skill. I didn't do any. I didn't say anything right to get those people to buy from me. So, um, but anyway, so he, my boss you know, tells me, he says, hey, um, you know, a lot of the salespeople are complaining. You know, basically, I've talked to corporate and they said, you either need to be here next Wednesday or you don't have a job. And I looked at him and I said, you know, this is something I started with my son. Mm -hmm. My dad wasn't there. Right. But to mess up everything with my son, it, yeah. it would just destroy my life. I said, to, to lose a job, no big deal. And he's like, well, I'm just letting you know. He's like, I don't want to lose you. Mm -hmm. But if you don't show up Wednesday, you don't have a job. And I go home and I tell my, my then wife at the time, and, and, you know, she's not really trying to tell me how to do things. We're 22, 23 years. Right. Or I'm sorry, we're 26, 27 years old. So we, we still don't have that. We're not in a good relationship mm -hmm. of communicating and trying to tell each other what expectations are. We're just kids, you know, and raising a kid. Right. And uh, so she did, wasn't really forceful about it, and I basically went and took my son to jiu-jitsu on Wednesday night. Mm. And on Thursday, I got the phone call, hey, you don't have a job. And I was like, all right, cool. 
And that, you know, there were a lot of other issues that were building up to it, but that starts breaking down my, my first marriage. Mm. And then, you know, I go out and I get some other sales jobs and, you know, I don't like them. I'm not enjoying them. So I'm, I'm quitting them. And, you know, my ex-wife, she says, you need to figure out what you're doing with your life, you know, and that we start going through a separation. Mm. And by this was 2004 and we had started March 8th of 2004 by uh, our anniversary in October of 2004 she goes out and has dinner with another guy and Mm -hmm. I'm off doing whatever I'm doing on my, on our anniversary. So, you know, by that time on our anniversary, we're gone. And by, uh, 2000, by February, 2005, I'm moving in with a friend and separating from her. And we're Mm -hmm. still, she's still playing the, we're going to separate and she's dating another guy and Mm -hmm. we're going through all that stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm training with my son and I'm keeping that consistent. I'm making sure that he and I are always there training and, so we do that for, you know, about a year. My wife and I, my ex-wife and I finalize our divorce. And, you know, I'm training at two gyms now. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm not only training at the first gym where I found all this, but now I'm at a strictly Muay Thai gym mm-hmm. and I'm learning Muay Thai. And, you know, I just remember being in there and, and just looking around. I'm like, man, I could just love, I love doing this. I mean, mm-hmm. literally I was training a, a part-time job. Mm. I was working a full-time job, and, and then I'd come training. in and, and train mm. for another 20 or 30 hours a mm. week, you know, as much time as I could get on the mats. And I just remember sitting there, and my mom's like, you know, you need to figure out what to do with your life, saying the same thing my <laughs> ex-wife was saying to me, you know. And I'm like, Mom, I think I could, I could imagine myself, you know, at a gym every day. I could imagine myself in here teaching people. You know, and I was like, I want to do this. I didn't know, I didn't know how it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I just, I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit. So it'll happen somehow. We'll figure it out. Right. Whether we've got to, you know, start with a cardboard box and right. call the state, you know, uh-huh. whatever. We'll figure it out. And so I would pursue, you know, I'd go in there and I would, I would train constantly. And so I would say somewhere about 2006 is about the time the dream was born. The dream that I'm living now mm-hmm. was wow. about the time that I was just like, this is what I want to do. I don't know how it's going to happen. Where was the moment? Where were you when you decided in 2006? I was sitting on my couch uh, in my apartment in Plano, Mm -hmm. and I was having a conversation with my mom, and as I was verbalizing to her what I could see my life being, Mm -hmm. it was coming together, and I was like, okay. Didn't have a clue how it was going to happen, but uh, yeah. So I was sitting on the couch just having a conversation with Mm -hmm. my mom, and it was, you know, my mom, she, her Alzheimer's kicked in about 2008, 2009, so... This conversation's 2006, so mm-hmm. it, it's getting to be closer to the end of some right. rational conversations with my mom, and mm-hmm. and so I just remember telling her I could see my life being this way, mm-hmm. and you know, it kind of started working that direction. You know, there were a lot of times that I, again, and I was talking about this kind of before. Um, I literally would choose training over going to work. Mm-hmm. It just it felt more important to me. And my sacrifice literally was that I didn't care about my income. And, I mean, you know, I, I mentioned with my son, um, you know, I always kind of looked at, well, he could live at his mom's. His mom's mm. got a house. Right. His, his mom and the guy she's dating, they've got a house. They've yeah. got a room for him. So if I just completely fall on my face, I'll live in my car. I have mm. no qualm. You know, I'm just Man. that guy. What is it? What, what was it about? And it was Muay Thai, right? Yeah. So that's where you were. What was the passion? What was it? Was it teaching? Was it the self-discipline within? What was it, it that, that held you that way? You mean, what do you mean by I mean, like, you, you, were, you were willing 
to give to, up everything. To give up everything. Because I was angry. I was angry about my childhood. I was angry about um, my divorce. Mm-hmm. I, I was angry because I thought life was going to go this way, and it went a different way. Mm-hmm. I, I was just angry. And, you know, in Muay Thai, you could go in and just smash pads mm. and just smash bags and, wow. you know, smash people. Mm. And, and, you know, that's not really how I want my students to be. But mm. at the same time, the gym I was in, it was a Muay Thai gym. Mm. And, and when you get into, like, Muay Thai with a Thai person, mm-hmm. you know, my, my Thai coach couldn't speak hardly any English. Mm-hmm. You know, he, but man, it was Muay Thai and you're in there smashing stuff. And mm-hmm. I mean, it was about being tough. Right. I mean, at one point, you know, uh, I had read about a guy and a way to t- toughen up my shins. So I literally went in and I, I would take a beer bottle and I put oil down the front of my shins and I just sat there and grind my shins for, <laughs> you know, 30 minutes. So I couldn't feel it anymore. And then I'd do it to the other one for another 30 mm. minutes. And I'd do that every night because I was tired of my shins hurting. And I mean, you know, so did it work? Oh yeah, man! I, I people. It's called calcium deposits. Yeah, exactly it what it's called. Um, yeah, people get hit by my shins, and they're like, "Look what you did!" I'm like, "I didn't do that. I didn't feel that." And they're like, "No, you did that." And I'm like, mm. yeah. "But uh, yeah." So I, it was the uh, anger. The anger would drive yeah. mm-hmm. me, and it was the fact that I had some. I mean, you go in there, and you know, it didn't matter. I'm a, I'm a pretty small guy. Mm. I mean, compared to these Texans around here, man, I'm small. <laughs> and so there were a lot of big guys and there was nobody in there that I couldn't go in there. I mean, mm. I wasn't finding the littlest guy. That wasn't who I was. Right. I, I wanted, I, I think I was partially looking for some punishment too. Yeah. You know, I was willing mm. to, you know, I didn't care if you hit me. As long as I got to hit you back, I didn't care. Right, you can yeah. hit me. I get to hit you back. That's okay. So when you, when you like, realize that this is this is what I want to do with my life was it competing was it coaching what was what was the draw to you the dream was coaching coaching the dream was coaching um I did compete because I wanted to again find out test myself find out where I was Mm -hmm. how I how I stood up um but the the real draw the real moment was when I told my mom I wanted to do run a gym, mm. that was the real moment. And that mm. was, you know, I think I even mentioned to you earlier, I didn't realize when I was watching The Karate Kid as a kid that the, the dream was, was Mr. Yeah, Miyagi. Yeah. Yeah. I really thought it – because the dream was to fight in tournaments, mm. right? I mean, that was the coolest thing. Yeah. He fights mm. in a tournament, mm. beats the bullies up in front of everybody, right, yeah. gets the girl at the end. I mean, right. what's more cool <laughs> than that, right? But uh, that's, you know – not a reality. I yeah. mean, it can be, but not, not the whole get the girl and mm. everything's good, you <laughs> yeah, know, but right. you could compete. But so in the beginning, it was cool because my first competition was in 2005. And I was like, wow, I'm doing, you know, I'm competing. What? I mean, mm. I'm, in a, I'm in a martial arts right. competition. You know, that was, that was pretty cool. And then I did some more and I was like, okay, this is cool. Mm. I am doing that, but I'm also a dad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I turned, I was 27 when I started, but I turned 28 shortly after I started. Mm-hmm. So I'm already getting into my 30s. And my Muay Thai coach, you know, in Thailand, the way they do it, if your family doesn't have a lot of money, they take you, they drop you off at a Thai camp, they take care of you there, they school you a little bit, and you train Muay Thai. So he had been training Muay Thai since he was three years old. Wow. He, could, he can't even read Thai. Right. You know, wow. he can speak Thai. But he can't he, read it, he, huh? He can't he read it. School. You know, yeah. he just no schooling, you know. Yeah. And, and he was, you know, six-time world Muay Thai champion over in Thailand wow. in Lumpini Stadium. So, I mean, he was the big champion. Mm. And, um, you know, so for him, he I, he didn't have any uh, education, so he, he just did Muay Thai. Mm-hmm. And I kind of lost my track where I was going with this. 
competing. So you oh yeah, competing. Loved, yeah. So he yeah. So anyway, so he in Thailand they start competing at eight years old, seven mm-hmm. eight years old, wow. and and then by the time they're 21, 22 years old, they're done competing. Yeah, they've done beat each other to death, and right. I mean they beat each other. But I think they're actually pretty smart in it because the type of beatings they take. No grown man. Not sustainable. Yeah, Yeah, not sustainable. So, but a kid can sustain, Mm -hmm. you know, and I try to tell our children, your body's powerful. Your body can can come back and it can adapt to a lot. But in Thailand, about 21, 22, your fight career is pretty much over. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not saying there aren't older fighters and I'm not saying they're not pushing the the limits now, but they're, you know, his, his perspective was, you know, you're, you're, you're 28 years old. You're 30 years old. Too old you're to too compete. old to compete. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he didn't really push me in that direction. He wouldn't mm-hmm. really, he just, when I brought it up, he just, you too old. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he had no qualms. I mean, this, this man, I've heard him say some things. You're just like, and, and literally, I'm not the only one of us. You can't say that to people. <laughs> you know, oh, who care? You know, they show up for a week, they quit. <laughs> just like, you're a coach. You're supposed to convince them to come right, back. Right. You know, but he didn't care. You know, he was a fighter, man, and that was his mentality. Right, so yeah. I didn't get pressed. He, he, there wasn't a lot of MMA back at the time mm, when I was, yeah. that was going. I was around when it did it. I did a professional MMA fight. Mm. Um, but that I only did one mm-hmm. and then there just was never really drawn. Again, my coaches weren't, you know, pushing me that direction. So, but I was doing, com- you know, competitive jujitsu, right. do those tournaments and stuff. So it was cool. I was living that dream of doing the, the karate kid thing, but mm-hmm. the real epiphany was becoming the Miyagi. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, as I got older, I, I think I, I really liked the fact I, I liked the way Miyagi taught. You know, I like what he showed. And I'll tell you the wisdom that I've learned in my martial arts career that I didn't understand as a kid. Martial artist is just a fancy way of saying janitor. (laughs) It really is. I spend more time cleaning more gyms. <laughs> <laughs> I, I cannot. I didn't know which way you were going. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, "This is going to be some lightning metaphor here. This is going to be so amazing." Well, you know, you watch, you watch the Karate Kid, right? Yeah. He's cleaning. Well, he, he's wax on, paying wax the fence. Yeah. He's yeah. wax on, wax off. Yeah. He's he's painting the house, man, and sanding the floors. And you're like, man, he's just doing a lot of chores. And you're like, you get into the martial arts world. You know, and I've been cleaning gyms since, you know, when I got into it, I mean, the way my perspective was, you respect your teacher. Mm-hmm. Man, don't let your teacher pick up a broom. Yeah, right. Hey, man, your teacher has a broom in your hand. Boy, some everybody in class now did something wrong. Right. We need yeah, to get a right. broom out of his hand, right? So we would, you know, I would start cleaning the gym because that was just my perspective of what martial arts was. Um, that really isn't. It's not the same anymore in the mm-hmm. martial arts gyms anymore. It's not like that anymore. People are, it's kind of like, hey, I paid you. Right. I'm, here for, I'm here to learn. Right. See you later, Coach. Right. Peace. Right. Right. You know, and uh, which we'll get into that more here in a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it, it, it's uh, it, it's 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 kind of changed, but that man, that movie's so right on because that's really what martial arts uh, is. Mm-hmm. If you're going to really spend some time in the martial arts world, if you're going to uh, run a facility, you're going to spend a lot of time cleaning. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. if nothing else, because in the beginning you're like, man, I can pay somebody this much money or right. man, I'm working to try to pay the bills. I think we'll keep that money yeah, in exactly. the pocket. And we'll start cleaning yeah. the gym, you know, want to take a quick break from the episode and tell you guys about a brand new partnership. Uh, because you guys listen to the podcast, uh, companies are now coming to us yes. and wanted to be a part of this. Yeah. And that's 100% because of you guys. So wanted to tell you about an exciting new partnership. Man, this is have. a great, great partnership. And it's a long time friendship that I've had with Choctaw Casino and Resort located 
uh, in Durant, Oklahoma, just across the Red River here. Uh, easy drive, great people, great resort. The new renovations going on. Got a fantastic pool that's outside. So if you got kids, if you have kids, or if you just want to get away uh, alone with your wife, your girlfriend, uh, whatever, your partner, doesn't matter what it is, go over to uh, uh, Choctaw Casino Resort. Have a great time. Again, we always talk about relationships on this podcast we have a great relationship with Walt, Walter Allen, who's over there. And, and the people over at Choctaw Casino have just been wonderful. Yeah. Hopefully uh, you don't have a wife and a girlfriend at the same time. Yeah, a little bit of both, <laughs> but have a good time anyway. But yeah, like Darren said, go check them out. Choctaw Casino and Resort. Now back to the episode. So you mentioned your goal was to be a black belt. Uh, what are you now? I'm a first degree black belt. First degree black belt. Tell us about that. Yeah. What was? Yeah. So you've you wanted to do that since a kid. What was that experience like? Finally getting to that. Well, let me go back because I actually got a third degree black belt in um, what's called it. it, My grandmaster he had so many because I have others. You know, another teacher that I've dealt with as well that I've gone to for all kinds of training, and he's a tenth degree black belt in kung fu sansu. Mm. He's got a six-degree black belt in uh, Filipino martial arts. I mean, he's got, like, numerous black belts. And so he'd he'd been around in the world long enough. He created a system called um, Accelerated Fighting Systems. Mm -hmm. And so I've got a third-degree black belt in that. And I actually got those black belts, the first, second, and third degree, Mm -hmm. before I got my jiu-jitsu black Mm -hmm. belt. Okay. Uh, I just got my jiu-jitsu black belt three years ago. Wow. So I had to be a black belt for three years to get the first degree that I just got. So I'm just wow. at my three-year mark of, mm. of being a jiu-jitsu black belt. Wow. So Walk us through what, that's, what that is like yeah, to, get to, to, to get the black belt. What's the requirements? or Man, it, it's – so jiu-jitsu is very different. Where karate and taekwondo have these traditions, and they're like, you need to know this, you got to show this, mm-hmm. it's got to look this way. Yeah. Jiu-jitsu doesn't have that because my body's not the same as yours. That's your right. body's not mm-hmm. the same as theirs. We're not going to do things the same. We're not going to be able to. Yeah. It's more there's a concept here. Don't get me wrong. I teach you a step-by-step technique, mm-hmm. yeah. but there's a concept here, and it's the concept that you have to understand more than the steps because, yeah. again, I'm a smaller person than mm-hmm. you guys. So me yeah. to show you how to do something – I mean, you can emulate and copy what I'm doing, but it's not going to be the same. Yeah. So mm-hmm. with jiu-jitsu, it's very, there's not quite the same structure. You're starting to get where people are putting together tests. They're starting to put together what mm-hmm. they call a, a, a test for the blue belt and for the purple belt and for the brown belt. But as I was going through it, it was, I mean, literally, e- even the gym that I went to, as much as I liked it, and again, this was me looking for punishment, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, y- y- you went in and you got beat up. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, you came back. Cool. We're going to beat you up again. Right. All right. You get beat up again. You leave. You, oh, you're back again. What's mm. your name? Right. Get beat up again. Come back to ask you, what was your name? <laughs> you know, right. you keep showing up. And they're like, man, this guy, he's, he's taking a beating. He'll, it, literally, that was uh, what it was like in the beginning. When right. Back in 2004, it was still pretty savage about yeah. walking on the mat. They're going to beat you up. They're just going to beat you up. They mm. did not care. There was no... Nobody coddled you in on the mat, mm. and, and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, you people and coaches nowadays, we we coddle our our students because mm. we want them to stay around. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah. it, it takes a special person to be willing to go through the some of the beatings I mm. took and still show back up. Right, you know. Right. Um, so it was it was it was tough. You know, there was no structure. 
you became a blue belt when your coach looked at you and said, you're a blue belt. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and there was no day to it. There was no month. There was no, hey. You just keep showing up. You're getting there. You're getting there, buddy. You just keep, nobody was patting you on the back telling you good job. Matter Mm. of fact, they're just, you know, telling you what you did wrong. Mm, (laughs) And that's all you're ever hearing, what you did wrong. So you're like, so, hmm, is this blue belt getting anywhere close? Right. You know, and then you, you, and the thing is, and here's the thing about just, Jiu-Jitsu, it's the first belt. Blue belt is the first belt as an adult. So you go from white belt, you get four stripes in there. Or if your coach doesn't give stripes, then you just go from white to blue. Mm -hmm. The stripes kind of give you, hey, I'm doing, I'm I'm progressing, right? Right. Um, But the blue belt is your first, okay, I've I've done something. Your coach recognizes, okay, you've learned something. You're doing something here that looks like jiu-jitsu, right? (laughs) Not just some guy flailing around on the floor. And uh, so you get that. And what it takes usually for somebody to get to blue belt, and so many people quit at blue belt. We call blue belt the black belt of quitters. Because it is the belt where everybody gets to it. And is there any right answer why people quit? Not really. But I think, you know, from my own experiences, you know enough as a blue belt, you're kind of, if you're not in an advanced class, you're probably beating some people up in class. So Uh you're feeling pretty good and confident about Uh yourself. You got some skills, Um, you know, you're got other things coming up. You've taken a real beating, man. It took me two years to get here. You're telling mm. yourself, you're like, man, I've been doing this doing for this two years. years. Yeah. You start questioning it. You know, was this, is this really worth it? What am I going to do with this? Mm. What's this going to do for me? And mm-hmm. you know, so people, you know, for whatever reason they get dragged away or, you know, if you get a guy who, who starts as a blue, you know, a white belt and he gets his blue belt and he starts dating somebody because right. he's got this confidence now, right? Uh-huh. He's, yeah. he's, he gets a, he gets a girlfriend and, he gets what we call, you know, wifed out of jujitsu. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's my problem. That's good. That was yeah. nice. I'm, yeah. I'm wifed out of it. <laughs> I just got wifed out of it. I beat you guys all up. Yeah, I got wifed out of it. Uh, you know, so um, you, you get wifed. A lot of people get wifed out of blue uh, at blue belt, and then there's just you know other obligations. And you know, I t- I tell students you've got to make it a priority. You've got to set aside the time. And what I think really happens is at blue belt, you've you've been fighting enough on the mats, you get injured. Mm, and then yeah. what happens when you get injured is you have to take some time off. We, I'll, I'll kind of cover my thoughts on that, but you have to take time off to heal. Mm-hmm. And so what do we all do? You, well, man, I usually train on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but I'm injured. So maybe I'll just go out with honey tonight yeah. and we'll, we'll go have dinner. And then Thursday comes your other night that, you know, and you're like, you know, I'm still injured. So um, you know, maybe we sit home when we, you know, go get Blockbuster, mm-hmm. obviously further back in time, right? But uh, nowadays <laughs> like, it's Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, what happens is you start, you, you start going that route. Well, what happened was you had that time set aside where you were showing up to class. Mm-hmm. You got injured. Now you didn't show up to class, and you filled that time block again. Mm-hmm. And some, it's so hard yeah. to figure yeah. out when you've got all these new things, and, and then especially if it involves another person who is now looking for the expectation exactly. of that time. Mm-hmm. Now you've got to break away that time again to go back to doing what you're doing. And I, so I think there's a lot of reasons yeah. why people quit at Blue Belt. Yeah. But Excuses. then they, if you push through it and you do get to Purple Belt, you know, I always tell my students, a purple belt has the same skills as a black belt. Mm. It's just the amount of time that the okay. black belt has been perfecting and training yeah, and correct. working That's those right. same techniques and skills. Mm. And, and so, the, you know, you can see a good competitive purple belt beat a black belt. 
Okay. Uh, I mean, that's just, you know, it's the reality. At Purple yeah. Belt, you're, you're a stud. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, when I first came into that was the belt. Let's just get to Purple. Right. I mean, because that was what handed me my butt the first day. He was mm-hmm. a Purple Belt coach. And, you know, so it was just about getting that Purple Belt. And the Purple Belts are, are very scary because they're hungry. They've made it past the black yeah, belt right. of quitters, yeah, right? right? So now they're on, the, they're on a new stage. They can see brown and black. It's just there. Yeah. And they can compete a little bit with brown and black. Mm-hmm. And depending on how hungry they are, if they're a competitor, they start competing, they really get competitive with it, like actually doing competitions, they can start beating the, the brown belt hobbyist or the guy that's a brown belt who has three kids at home mm-hmm. and he's been training for a long time, but he's not going to go past a certain so, speed yeah, right, because right. He, he, man, he's got to go to work tomorrow. That's right. right? <laughs> but that, that purple belt's still looking for it. Look, the purple belt's like, look, you got a brown belt on. I just ate you. I'm right. a shark. You know, I that's what we always belt. say. I'm yeah. a shark. Yeah. So uh-huh. the purple belt is the fighting belt. It's that belt where, man, I mean, you're, you're like, I'm, you're yeah, hungry, hungry, right? Yeah, yeah. You get to brown belt and you're still hungry but you're kind of you're, you're kind of going okay i get this i really need to be finessing mm. what i'm trying to do here it's not mm. just me fighting mm. for this through, now yeah. i'm really needing to find the finesse uh-huh. of what's happening here uh-huh. right. and then black belt you know that's that's where you're recognized that you have the in my opinion the ability to pass the information along you have the ability to uh, yeah in other words you have the ability to pass, you know, the information along to the next person. You have the ability to defend your gym because if you are, you know, this is a strange world, man. I mean, you know, you see the kid side of it, but, you know, adults come in and they, you know, a grown man wants to know, why, why am I going to spend money to learn to defend myself from you? And especially when they look at me and they go, man, you're like a foot shorter than me. Yeah. yeah. Why am I going to spend money to learn from you? You know, and I have a great student. Uh, his daughter has been with me since, since she was six. Uh, she's probably my biggest shark. We call if we call the ground our ocean. Yeah. Carlos Machado said the ground is an o- the, the ground is an ocean, and I'm a shark. Mm-hmm. And most people don't even know how to swim. Mm-hmm. So she's probably my biggest shark. But she started with me when she was six. Dad sat um, sat out in my lobby, and and he's he's told me about love me such a. He, he's so obnoxious, but he's funny. He's humorous, and he's but and he knows he is. But yeah. he's also as much as he, he he's he's almost like that guy. It's like, do you ever just quit talking? He's yeah. like, nope, coach, I don't ever quit. I'll just keep taking my beatings. I'm like, all right. So at least you know. Yeah, at least you know. But you know, he says, um, he he says, you know, I used to sit out in your lobby, and I'd hear you sit there tell those kids how, uh, you know. You, you could throw these bigger guys around and how it doesn't matter about your size. And I'd sit out here and tell all these other guys, man, Coach Josh can't do that to me. Man, I'll go out on that, man. He couldn't do that to me. He couldn't do that to me. And one day he decided, was it? I, th- I think he decided to take us up on our dad's train for free in yeah. June. So he comes in and he trains with me. And he's in there and he thinks he's just going to beat me up. And he, he basically describes the story as, you know, about – Five seconds later, he was upside down in the air, <laughs> flying around. He was like, what just happened? Yeah. You know, next thing he knew, he couldn't figure out how to get out from underneath me. Mm. You know, and so he's, he's, he's one of my blue belts now. Um, you know, he'll, he'll be getting his purple belt here, here within the next year or so. That's yeah. awesome. And uh, it, it's, it's really cool because you do. You get questioned about why should I be learning this from yeah. you? Yeah. And yeah. he literally, I know, and he tells me, I came in here just to prove you couldn't do that yeah. to me. And, you know, he had all the guys out and all the other dads in the lobby. So how'd it go? 
Well, no, no. That dude's bad. He'll throw you all over. <laughs> I don't care what you say. He's he going to throw you all over. And they're like, nah, come on. They're like, come on. Come on, Skylar. You're letting him do that, aren't you? He's like, I'm not letting him do anything. He's like, his wife, I don't let her do anything either. And she does the same thing. Right. Because it, it's neat to see me do it, but uh, it's really cool when you watch my wife, who's 40 pounds, yeah. 50 pounds lighter than uh, me. Uh, and, yeah. and she's doing it to him, too. You know, because we try to tell people it, it really is about what you understand it's about mm-hmm. the skill and the technique it's yeah. not about my size it's not about how fast i move i mean that stuff comes into play if we have the same skill yeah right but if we don't have the same skill your size doesn't matter your mm-hmm. speed doesn't matter i can get an angle on it i can get leverage on it i don't mm-hmm. need mm-hmm. to move quick. and that's what i love about the sport is there's so much technique so much finesse mm-hmm. so much feel so much understanding of leverage because I was a wrestler. And so wrestling is the white belt and blue belt, right? We're yep. going to muscle through everything. Yep. Can I, can I force myself upon you? And I'm going to for pause, but wow. <laughs> impose your will. Impose. Oh, thank you. That's a better word. Impose my will <laughs> on you. And, 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 and typically the, the stronger, faster. Now, again, like you said, you get to a certain level, right? Like, and you have the same strength, same speed. Now it comes down to technique. But right. a lot of it is really just strength, speed, and understanding of position. Where, man, I, what I love about jujitsu is is I could roll around with someone at 140 pounds that knows what they're doing. Doesn't matter if I'm a wrestler. Doesn't matter if I'm a boxer. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if I'm a kickboxer. Muay Thai. Doesn't matter. They could do whatever they want to me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because, it, because it's, it's so technically superior I, I and i don't mean technically superior but they know exactly how to take your arm your use your movement against you mm-hmm. and and then make you hurt because of it yeah and i love it yeah. you know you're sitting here talking and, and the reason i signed my son up and what i love about jujitsu is, is the physical part is great i love that but it's the things that you're teaching him that he can now translate to school to his job one day to his relationships as you're sitting here talking about how you progress to the belt system, that's that's work. That's yeah. life. That's anything that is can be applied. And so that's why I love jujitsu or any martial art is because of the discipline it teaches you and the time it takes to attain. That's right. It's it's you have to be patient. You have to keep like you said, you kept showing up, you kept taking a beating. Think about your sales job. Yeah. Think about whatever role you play at work. You show up every day and you take a beating. And then eventually it clicks and you figure it out. And so jujitsu can teach that. And that's yeah. why, and so we asked you this question earlier off, you know, before we started recording. And I want to ask you now, as you see kids today versus when you first started coaching, what's the difference? Are kids, quote unquote, softer today than they were 10, 15 years ago? Talk about that dynamic a little bit, how you've seen kids change over time. So I think for us as a as adult men to throw off the responsibility and say the children are softer today would be wrong. Mm -hmm. I think we're softer as, Mm -hmm. as, as parents, as, Mm -hmm. as a society Mm -hmm. because children are just children. They haven't changed. They're Mm -hmm. the same, you know, and I saw this in my son, my son, I I, I kind of forced upon him the type of childhood I had, Mm -hmm. you know, not because I was trying to make him go outside so I could drink, but, 
you know, I, I was with him a lot of times. Right. I'd take him to the skate park. Uh, we would go, we'd spend a lot of time at the mm -hmm. skate park after we were done at the gym. Mm -hmm. We'd spend a lot of time at the gym. You know, we spent a lot of time. So I don't think the responsibility goes on the child so much as it comes on, okay. on society right. and even more so us as men. I, you know, mm. I lacked a man in my life. Oh. And, and, you know, I believe that a woman, a man can make one woman whole mm -hmm. through the, the, the creation that God has created us. And I believe after that, that man can also make the difference. He can make his daughter believe she is the princess mm -hmm. and that she has should have standards and that she's worth something. I believe that comes from the dad. Mm -hmm. And I believe that same thing. You know, I think every... I think every girl wants to be taken off into an adventure, and I think every boy wants to be the knight that saves the girl, yep. right? And, mm -hmm. and so uh, I think we as men can do a better job to help make our children more who we want them to be. Mm -hmm. I don't think the children are softer. I think the way we deal with things are softer. Mm -hmm. and, and it is. Part of it is well, we want to try to knock down some of the challenges we dealt with as kids. Some of those challenges that I dealt with didn't need to be there, yeah, for sure. Right, um, but some of them did. Mm -hmm. You know, we kids are always gonna. It, it is human nature for us to be aggressive. It is mm -hmm. in us. I mean, you take us back to the days when we were living in caves. We had to be aggressive. We had mm -hmm. to fight for mm -hmm. what was ours. We had to protect what was ours. That's ingrained in us. Mm -hmm. That's part of who we are at the core. You know, to to try to say that doesn't exist is is not good mm. and then what ends up happening and i and i tell this to the students i i see kids nowadays when i was a kid you know nobody wanted you fighting but everybody said hey you're a kid this is the time to be fighting right you know you're not going to get in trouble right now mm. when you're 18 you go to jail for this um nowadays we we restrain that aggression and so what happens is when a kid finally breaks loose and lets the aggression go it, it, it's that it, you it's know an explosion it's an explosion yeah. it's a mm. real problem because They've never had an outlet. Mm -hmm. I describe it as we all have a lion mm -hmm. in a cage, and that lion is going to come out. Yeah, now, either you train that lion, you let that lion out of the cage, mm -hmm. and you train him, or you don't. And one day when that lion gets strong enough and it breaks out of that cage, well, then you're going to have a real problem because mm -hmm. nobody knows how that lion's not trained. Mm -hmm. And I was that lion. I had not been trained. So when that lion came out of that cage, I, I was very out of control. Mm -hmm. So I think with kids nowadays, I think if if – we as dads would take the time to really sit down and talk to our children about what was really going to be expected of them in this world. Mm. I, I get it. There's not, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be the nine to five that we grew up with. We get it. That doesn't necessarily exist in this world anymore. Mm. I, okay. So we don't have to explain to them. You're going to have to go to work every day from nine to five, but we can impart upon our children what they're going to have to deal with in life. Look, you're going to have to support your family. You're mm. going to have to find a way to do it. And I'm not saying you can't sit on your butt and, and do it on Instagram or whatever, because clearly there's a lot of millionaires mm -hmm. that do that stuff. But then we got to talk to them about longevity of life. You know, everybody wants to, to live longer, but what does it really take to live longer? Well, it takes Resilience. physical health. It right. takes, you know, it takes taking care of ourselves physically. Mm -hmm. And you, I mean... I think everything starts with your temple. If mm. you don't take care of your body, man, your mind's not going to be right. If your mind's not right, man, the rest of the world's just going to turn right. turn on you. So I think as, as as men, we could teach our children, you know, how 
what what's expected of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I feel yeah. like a lot of people don't want to tell their children what's expected of them. We want to let our kids have fun all the time. And hey, kids need to have fun. Yeah. But man, what's fun? Something you're good at. Mm-hmm. How do you get good at something? You spend time in it. Yeah. I mean, I'll be yeah. honest. I mean, think about it. You 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 think about if you've ever played a video game before, and it it was good enough that it got you hooked on it, but it had a challenge to it that made you keep coming back to do more. Mm-hmm. And the better you got at the video game, the more fun that game became. Yep. Well, man, physical things are the same way. You know, uh-huh. martial arts, jiu-jitsu, baseball, <laughs> football, mm-hmm. it's all fun, but it's more fun when you get good at it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's cool when dad throws the pass to you, you catch the ball and you, right. you run into the touchdown or whatever. And, but, the better you get at that, hey, man, did you see me juke that guy? Mm-hmm. Hey, did you see me step on that guy's yeah. back as I was running in? Hey, right. did you see me hit that home run? I mean, you start getting better at something, it becomes more fun. Yes. Right. And, and and sometimes we don't push our children. You know, our children come to us and they say, I don't want to do that. I'm bored tonight. I, I'm bored with it. I don't right. want to do it. And the reality is, is they're just like every other human being. They're in the middle of doing something else, and they don't want to break from that. Right. They don't want to break and go reset yeah. and restart again. And as parents, we've got to go, hey, um, I know you are bored with class, and I know you're in the middle of playing your video game right now, or I know Jimmy's coming. Mm-hmm. You want to go play with Jimmy or go to the pool with Jimmy. But, look, you always have fun. You always come out of there mm-hmm. with a smile on your face. You're always happy you went afterwards. We're going to go ahead and go. Get ready. Mm-hmm. And, right. and I don't care how much fighting they do because the reality is, is it, our, as, a, as parents, it's our job to remind our children what they don't remember. Right. I mean, that's huh. what we have to do. We have to constantly tell them, hey, yeah. put the seat down. Hey, brush your teeth. Hey, put your clothes on. We, we, we're in the habit of doing that, but we're not in the habit of saying, look, I know you're fighting about this, but you have fun every time. I right. know that you always find joy in your heart after you do this. I know this is going to make you a better person in mm-hmm. the long run. I know that in life you're going to need to learn how to deal with this situation, and this is going to provide that for you. And so go ahead and get dressed and let's, let's go. Right. You know, it, I think that it's our job to continue to remind our kids about the sports and the activities that they do, that they loved it. Right. And then then, what I always say is we always find, you know, the time to quit. And I think you mentioned this earlier. We always quit. I think you said something different. But when we quit, the the reason people always want to quit is because they, in my opinion, the reason everybody starts wanting to try new activities, try new Mm. sports, because the biggest thing is, well, we want to try baseball for a little bit, or we want to try football for Mm. a little bit. And it's like, okay, why is the kid getting bored? You know, I've noticed he's been struggling. Uh, It's getting hard for him. Mm -hmm. So he goes to mom and dad, and he convinces them he's bored. Mm -hmm. He's convinced, you know, he wants to try baseball because he knows, he. you know, kids are smart enough to know that our parents want us to do something. So they're like, you know what, I'll negotiate out of this into this yeah and it'll be fun because this and then when they get into that they'll oh man this is getting hard again yeah. Yeah. you know i think dad i think i want to try football dad really likes football i'll, I'll hit football right. up now yeah. you know mm-hmm. and so we'll negotiate and and i think that's what really starts happening to our kids is they start they're smart they're mm-hmm. smart they know how to negotiate they know how to they're better negotiators than any you know <laughs> yeah. any grown yeah. man right that's and, right and, and so they negotiate their way from to quit one thing and get into the next mm-hmm. thing. And, and so we start building this habit of quitting when things get hard. Right. But the kid never comes to us and says it gets hard. That's why I'm, I'm quitting. quitting. Right. They give right. us another excuse. And yeah. then as parents, we buy into it. We're like, okay, 
I, I understand because yeah, we right can buy that, it. We right, understand yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. 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 you are right. That coach isn't fair to you. Yeah, yeah that is. Yeah, yeah. It, that's yeah. exactly. And I think what what I love about martial arts, and I want to give you the opportunity to to talk about um, your studio or your your gym, not studio. Sorry, not I've, I've got daughters. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, your gym, but is is the representation of martial arts is so right on with life and the lessons that you're talking about now is that you're not going to get to the top level tomorrow. And that's what our kids, they want, right? They want all the success like right now. Right. But you're not going to go through your, your blue belt, your purple belt, your brown belt, your black belt in a year, no. in six months. You have to commit to this. And that's when you see the results. That's when you achieve the ultimate goal when you go through the process. Correct. And, and being able to explain that to our kids that like, hey, like, do you want to be great? Do you? Okay, now here's what it's going to take. But I love what you said is we remind them what they constantly forget. Yep. Because that is that it couldn't be truer words could not be spoken. Because right. like you said, did you brush your teeth? Oh, no. How did you not brush your teeth? <laughs> I, like, I don't understand it. Like, yeah. okay, where are your shoes? Oh, I don't know. You literally took them off five <laughs> minutes ago. Where are your shoes? You know, and, yeah. and, and that's our job. But like. But as parents, we don't, we don't frame it in a way of, okay, look, what do you want? Okay, now I'm going to remind you along the way, uh, yeah, that was great. on the way to get there. Yeah, and so I, awesome. I love that. Talk to us uh, about your gym, and, and there's multiple locations of, um, of Rockstar, but walk us through why it's important. or if, if Talk to some parents that may be like, okay, I've been thinking about it and, you know, my kid's going through this or my kid's going through that. Like, why does it make sense to get, you know, whether it's jujitsu or any other form of martial arts, why is it important for parents to really consider that as an option for their children? You know, we get lumped in with activities. It, I love sports. I played sports growing up. I, you know, I played soccer. I played football. So I have nothing against them. But martial arts is not a sport. And a lot of times parents will throw us in there. And what we try to educate our families on is, is martial arts is we're going to kind of cover some things that you may or may not be covering at home. We're definitely going to cover things that they're not dealing with at school. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, yeah. education, we need more education. You know, we, you know, think about how many certifications a, a person has to get to do this or that. And they've got this certification, but now in order to, to go further in their career, they got to get another oh, certification. Right. right? And, and so to set and, and try to explain to our, you know, think that the only education our children need is from school. That's not quite it. We need, yeah. you know, martial arts is going to address issues, um, you know, self-control is going to be one of the biggest things that you have to address. You know, I always tell, we always tell our students, you're trying to control another person. Before you can control another person, you first need to learn to control yourself. Yeah. So you're going to learn self-control. You're going to learn discipline. You're going to learn that there is a progression here. You know, in football and baseball, I guess the progression is you go from being the guy that was on the bench to you've gotten better, and now you're the guy starting the game. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I, I, you know, there's not this um, progression system like there is in martial arts. And the progression system is going to teach you about commitment. Yeah. They're going to teach you about sticking with stuff. Because you, you, you said it, and that's the words I use, great. Do you want to be great? If you want to be great, then here's what it takes. It takes doing everything that you're doing right now in front of everybody 
but also when everybody goes home, continuing to do it. When nobody else is around watching you, when nobody else is cheering you on, you've got to be willing to do this Mm. then because there's not going to be anybody there and the, and, and you got to be willing to go that extra time. So I, I, I love the, 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 you know, how you said that because that's exactly what it is. Do you want to be great? And the martial arts is going to teach you about that commitment. Yeah. And one thing I know about every black belt in jujitsu I've ever met, and I don't lump every, cause you know, most martial arts nowadays, you can go get a black belt, you know, in about three years. Mm. And it, it, it you know, I call them paper tigers, right? On paper, they're a, they're, they're a tiger, but they can't fight themselves out of a wet paper bag. And it, that's, you know, and, and it's, it's a business. Yeah. And I'm not saying what, you know, jujitsu isn't a business, but it is providing a real martial art. Mm-hmm. If you will stick with it, if you will earn your black belt in jujitsu, at, at the very least, you will know how to protect yourself. Yeah from somebody else. Yeah. But yeah. I, I'm pretty sure and I've not found anybody, you know, that hasn't along the journey made f- friends for life with some people. Yeah. You know, they've built up uh, some relationships there. Uh, I, most of them are pretty humble guys. Yep. You know, they're, they're, they're usually the guys that are trying to help. They're usually the guys that are trying to be at the front of the pack and be a good example. I'm not saying that there's not bad seeds. There's bad seeds in everything. And that comes down to each individual heart. But what it took to get to the black belt in jujitsu, you've learned a lot of life lessons. Yeah. Mm. You've not, there's, you you didn't skip lessons. You've got your ass kicked out. Yeah. Yeah. And you've learned that that's what it took. Yeah. And I, you know, my son, I have, Ben has a four-year-old. I have a five-year-old that's in, in uh, Gracie Academy in, in, in Dallas. Okay. And they go Monday through Thursday, Monday, Thursday, through Thursday, then Saturday. Right. And I think the first thing, and this has been going on for about a year, close to a year. The first thing I noticed was the discipline. Is when he walked on the mat, he bowed to the mat. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. They teach you like the simplest. Yep. The simplest thing. Even to the point where you have to put your shoes on away when you get there you put your shoes under the bench and then they allow you to be the the independent side of him started to show first right and then it was the want to like he wants to go Mm -hmm. he he want and i'm not gonna stop him man it's 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 but here's my thing and i want to talk to you about here's a question i have for you so i went and this is just me being transparent sure so uh professor antonio who leads the gym over there said hey look your son's in there why don't you come in right right and this is just me i'm like dude i've got my ass kicked enough in football right right i'm not trying and i, I looked at every excuse and my son is sitting right there like <laughs> like he's just looking yeah, at don't me. embarrass me i've thrown every excuse on my left shoulder i gotta get surgery on my left shoulder he's like i'll we'll work around it he's right he's hey we'll work around all that don't worry about right. this and this right how, do, how important do you feel it is for dad or mom to be taking the courses with their, not actually with their kids, but being involved um, with jujitsu as well? Well, I think it kind of goes back to what I kind of said earlier. You can always direct your children through your speech and, mm-hmm. and how you feel about something to get them to do it. Um, you know, your son's sitting there watching you make mm-hmm. every excuse, right? right. And you're mm-hmm. like, man, what, what kind of... You know, I'm, not, I'm noticing, yeah. Because right? yeah. you are who you are to, mm-hmm. to people my age, right? right. 
but who are you to your son? Yeah. They don't know who they, he doesn't yeah. know that yeah. guy. Nor he's a given out. Right. Anything right. To him, right? Yeah. So I, I think if you, for me, I'll, I always tell people this is one of the luckiest things I ever did in my relationship with my son. It's one of the luckiest things I ever did because he and I bonded over it. Mm-hmm. You know, literally, I looked at him today at 1130, and this is the cool thing. My son's 23 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, how many 23-year-olds are usually out hanging out with their dad? Mm-hmm. But every Friday, my 23-year-old is on my mat with me, and I looked at him today. I said, look, dude, I, I don't have the energy for you today, Sue, so I'm not <laughs> wrestling with you. He goes, don't worry, Dad. I don't have it for you either. So, <laughs> but how many people get to, to have that yeah. conversation yeah. with their son? Yeah. At 23 That's years old. That's a great point. Yeah. You know, and, and so Jeez. every, and I'll, and I'll tell you, back uh, in November, my son and I were wrestling, my wife and his, my son's wife and um, our female coach and then our other male coach, Coach Michael, they were all just kind of sitting along the wall. Everybody had left our open mat. Mm-hmm. It was just me and my son wrestling. And, you know, there, my son, we hear this. My son goes, ah, ah, and I'm like, what did I do? What did I do? He's like, he's pointing at me. He just broke my leg. I didn't even know. Damn. <laughs> I was looking at him like, why are you stopping? Why are we done wrestling, you know? But, you know, that's, I'm just trying to give you a, a perception of the relationship. My son <laughs> okay, no, you just lost me. Yeah. <laughs> you, are, you are crazy, you sir. Just <laughs> like, not only my shoulder, Gosh. now my leg. Right. Right. Yeah. My, uh, <laughs> and my back. My booty hole just clenched real quick. <laughs> But it, uh, it was literally a noise like that. Oh and there's a picture gosh. up on our TV of right Wait, before When was this? This was November. And I told the kids I was walking around on a broken leg. Nobody ever believes me because I didn't put a cast on, on it. Right. Because oh I don't do gosh. what normal people do. I don't, I, I, I'm a warrior. Uh, a warrior wraps his wounds up and he gets back out in the battle. And so, you know, I, <laughs> I, I went to my chiropractor. And I even waited two weeks. But I went in and... I was telling him about the noise as he was getting ready to adjust me. And he was like, you know, let's do an x-ray just kind of make sure before I start pulling on you. And uh, he looks at it and uh, he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. It broke completely through, but it's wow. reset itself. So you're good. <laughs> I was like, well, should I get a cast or anything? He's like, nah, just, you know, be careful with it. And it was my fibia. So it, uh, it's a small yeah. bone. Oh, yeah. Right? I've you know? broken that before. Yeah. Yeah. So you can actually deal with it. It was, it was painful. and. But yeah, I was out there literally teaching classes for for eight weeks. Wow! Literally eight weeks on like day one of eight weeks, my leg was good and it felt powerful. I was back to being good again. But man, yeah, I was out there teaching from yeah. you know November, mm. December, <laughs> January. I was teaching with a broken leg. Wow. And, you know, that's most people. But to go back to your question, I, that's the relationship my son and I have now at twenty three. We're mm. wrestling each other. There, you know, we we get to spend this time on the mat. You know, my son actually runs our, our North Prosper location. Mm. Um, you know, him and his wife are running that as well. And, you know, so to ask, to should a, should a parent be in it? It's a way of building a relationship. Mm. It's another thing. Yeah. And, man, I'm telling you, there's something about beating each other up. And, mm. you know, you, you, you go through that with your, your children. They're, they're going to test you. Right. Every boy is going to test his father, mm-hmm. right? My son didn't do that so much. He was like, I, I already know what dad's going to yeah. do. So, don't get me wrong. Now I'm kind of, my, my son's getting to the age where he's being able to, to mm-hmm. handle whoopings back to me, you right. know, and, and yeah. it's not so much. I'm getting older and he's, he's getting, you know, right. stronger. stronger. So, yeah. uh, you know, I'm having to deal with that. But it was, it's pretty cool. When we got to that point where he wanted to test me, he just, mm-hmm. he knew better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I've kind of skipped over some of that. You know, I've been blessed that he respects me. 
you know, he didn't appreciate some of the sacrificing of his time with me that I put in because of getting the black belt. He, he and I literally had a conversation about this last uh, Sunday or last, yeah, last Sunday or last Saturday. And he was saying, you know, dad, as, as much as, you know, I was upset about things, man, I'm running a gym. I'm yeah, getting to do I what I want to do. Yeah. You know, I'm getting to do this because of, he was like, I get it. It, t- it took you a long time to be able to do this. And I'm kind of getting to ride your coattails mm. in on this deal. But he acknowledged that he is yeah. riding my coattails, right. that he didn't have to earn everything. He's had to earn mm. everything. I just recently uh, promoted him and my wife to uh, Black Belt. Uh, so oh, last month cool as well. That's yeah. awesome. Congratulations. That's, that's so, awesome. You know, it, it's nice to see that because – they both have worked very hard for it. But, mm. again, the relationship we have is its crazy. And then, you know, stepmom, he's got this wonderful relationship with his stepmom where he can come in and right. he can wrestle with her. And, I mean, you know, you start looking at blended families and, and sometimes the connections that, that mm. are hard to make, you know. Yeah. Um, Laura and, and my son have a great relationship, yeah. you know, because they're able to beat each other up. Right. That's the frustration <laughs> yeah. out right. on each other, you know. So I, I don't think a kid needs the parent in there, but I think it would do wonders for the relationship. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's well, ultimately, you know, we, what we want to do is that's when we're right. building our relationships. That's what life is about. Right. I mean, you know, when I'm gone, it's going to be the relationship that I had with people that people are going to miss. Mm-hmm. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, how hard I was working at, at, at my job. Yeah, and so, I think so, as a parent, that relationship, that strong relationship allows them to receive the mentorship. Yep. Like, so you're not calling at 16 years old preaching, and I'm not going to receive any of this. Yep. That, that, yeah. that investment into the relationship. Now, again, the respect being in the right place between the, t- the parent and the child. Um, but I think that's what uh, that's allows kids to receive that parenting from, from their. Yeah. Their it's the element of struggling through something together. That, like that's that. what it is. That's the magic. Yep. Cause think about when we were playing ball and you're doing off season, your teammates are your closest, closest yeah. people to you. Cause you know what they're going through. You're okay. going through it together. Right. So what you're talking about that, what other experience does a parent and a child have yeah. to be able to struggle through something like that? That's exactly. a great element. Right. The other element I want to make sure we touch on is, you know, depression, anxiety, suicide is all up with kids yes. today. And the ability to be able to work through a difficult situation and how that maybe doesn't cure it completely, but how that helps with anxiety. And so can you talk a little bit about that, how you've seen maybe some of your students, maybe for yourself, how you've seen improvements in those elements, the mental side from doing the physically hard things? Well, you know, I mean, first, if you go into just basic, you know, chemical reactions that take place when you work out, Mm -hmm. I mean, you get a kid out working out or even a human, any human working out and it releases endorphins into Mm -hmm. their body, Mm -hmm. right? So they automatically are going to get that feel-good chemical released into their body just through the physical activity of it. You know, it it took me a long time to be able to use my words and to speak to people and to verbalize, and I'm still not great with feelings. Most men aren't, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, we're the ones leading our children, and if we're not very good at it, how good are our children going to be Mm -hmm. at communicating what's happening in their mind, right? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes just by getting into this physical activity, you, you see the improvement in the kid because 
they're getting some aggression out. Mm-hmm. Again, we've stifled aggression. We've stifled so much masculinity in mm-hmm. this society nowadays that that we're not allowing that that aggression to come out. Mm-hmm. And, and you know that there's that, that's who we are. And if yeah. you suppress that, you're going to cause a depression. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. by nature you're going to. So we we've definitely and especially like right now between nine and twelve years old, man. We're seeing a lot of those kids coming through our door, and that's what the parents are telling us. You know, my kids just done a 180. They're going backwards. They don't mm. want to do anything. They, you know, they're depressed. They're, they, you know, have anxiety. I mean, we're hearing all this stuff, and they tell us, man, this is, this is helping. You know, my kids coming in here, and, and anxiety, you know, anxiety is the same as excitement. It's the same energy. It's the same feeling. It's our perception mm. on that energy that decides whether it's anxiety or whether it's excitement. Right. But mm. it's the same feeling. Right. But the problem is, is, is with what's going on in our world right now, our kids are seeing a lot of negative stuff. And, you know, we'd like to all believe we're shielding our children from everything, but we're not. Parents are watching the news, and, and, you mm-hmm. know, in the house, and the kid walks through to get something to eat. You, they, they stop. They see everything. Yeah. They Man, see everything. Think about how many times yeah. you as a kid sat around the corner trying to hear what mom and dad were yeah. talking about. Mm-hmm. And your kids do that to you, too, you know. So they are depressed with what's going on in this world. And by getting into this type of an environment where they can get back around and, and get around other kids and it let some of the aggression out and let some of that anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, that energy out. Because mm-hmm. you let that energy out, that's the anxiety. That Sometimes that anxiety is just pent up energy right. that just needs to go. Me personally, if I get anxiety, you know, I pray. And then if I can, if it's still there, I try to go wrestle. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. when it's all said and done... You forget everything in life when somebody's trying to choke you out. Right. Isn't that amazing? Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. Like survival skills. Yep. So that's great. No, I love that. Anxiety yeah. and excitement are the same yeah. thing, just how you perceive it. That's yeah. so good. Man, we could we could keep you here all night. I could talk we, all night. We don't want to <laughs> keep you more. Couple of last things and then our big finisher. Sure. Number one. Obviously, I'm going to say if you're in the Prosper area, go check out Coach Josh at at Rockstar Martial Arts. And uh, Darren, I'm sure you'd say the same thing about about where your son goes. But if somebody's not obviously in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, what do they need to look for? And they want to get their kids involved. What do they need to look for? What are some good things to be aware of going to a gym? What do we need to look for? Number one, man, number one. This is funny you ask that. Everybody always wants to call up, and the very first question they ask, how much does it cost? Mm. I get it. We all have finances. Mm. But first off, are you calling for yourself or for your child? Oh, I'm calling for my child. So are you really trying to find the lowest bidder for your child here? (laughs) Let's be honest, you know. Um, That's the wrong question to ask. It's not – I'm not saying it's not an important question. Finances are always important. Go try the class out. Mm. I can, man, I've met some smooth talkers. They can tell you Mm. everything, and, man, it sounds beautiful. And then you get in there, and it's nothing like they said. Mm. So talking to somebody on the phone doesn't give you a perspective of what you're paying for Mm -hmm. or what you're learning. What you're paying for, cost doesn't matter until you know what you're paying for, right? Mm -hmm. If I tell you this is $5, and it's worth 10 cents to you, you're not giving me five bucks. It doesn't matter whether you can afford it or not. What matters is what you're getting. So if you're not in my area and you're looking for a school to go train at, go try it out. 
because you need to find out is the environment one that I feel safe in mm-hmm. is the environment one that I want to be in. Do I want to spend my time there? Because if you're going to pursue this journey, it, it, it is a journey. Mm-hmm. It's not I always giggle inside when somebody says, yeah, I'd like to learn a little bit of jujitsu. Why? <laughs> right. What? What for? Right. I mean, because if you only learn a little and then you quit training, the little's going to go away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In order to mm-hmm. keep your skills, you have to continue to train. It, anything you mm-hmm. do, if you gain skills, physical skills, the only way you keep those skills is to continue to train. Uh, you know, you're not going to be the world champion if you're not training like a right. world champion. Right. You may have the title. But you don't have the skills anymore mm. if you're not training. So the, the important thing is to make sure that the environment's good for you. Make sure that the, the instructor's somebody you trust. Mm. Do you want your child around that person? You know, are they speaking into your child? Are they <clears throat> looking just to make a buck? Mm. And every business is about making a living. I mean, right. it, it, you know, that is a given. But is the, the person that's trying to make that living, are they trying to give back or are they just trying to take? Right. For me, I've always tried to be for every kid what I needed as a kid. Mm-hmm. And you, you spoke wisdom into me when you said you were having a conversation with your five-year-old mm-hmm. self when I had that conversation with my son. son. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go home and ponder that one for a mm-hmm. while because yeah. that, that was deep. I'm like, wow, you're right. But, but it also goes along with what I said. I always try to be who I needed when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I didn't need somebody to tell me how good things were if right. it wasn't good. I didn't need somebody to lie to me and fluff mm-hmm. it up. I needed you to be honest with me. I needed you to tell me how it was going to be and, and be straight up. Right. Because I had a, a, man, I had all these visions in my head that were completely wrong and nobody ever set me straight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I, I think you got to get in the environment. I know cost is important, mm-hmm. but that's not the right question. The, 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 the very first thing is how quickly can I come in and try out class, get in there, try it out, see if it's an environment you even want to be in or that you want your child in, and, and go from there. Yep. Now, once you're there, at the end of the day, if you're an adult, then I think you need to be learning from you know a brown belt, a black belt. Mm-hmm. If you're a kid, man, you don't need a black belt to teach a child. You mm-hmm. need a person with a good heart right. that's going to speak good morals into the child because that's what the kid's going to take in. Right. The, the right. skills are not going to catch on as quickly as mm-hmm. the, the verbal moral lessons are going to catch right. on. So yeah. I, I'm all, I'm very big about, you got to make sure the environment's right. I, mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing is just going in. And I hear people say, well, I don't want to go. I don't have time to run around and try out a bunch of different classes. Well, hold on. You want to do martial arts. I know at our school, we recommend you do at least two days a week. I need Mm. two days a week because one day is just not enough. Your kid's just going to be a disruption every time they come in, Mm -hmm. and they're going to feel lost. They're not going to feel good about what they're doing. They're going to be miserable and and feel out of place in the process. So you're not doing the child any good by only doing it once a week. Mm -hmm. They need to be there twice a week. So, you know, these you hear people say, well, I don't want to do all these trials. Look, you're going to have to start going twice a week anyways. Might as well start that process of <laughs> yeah. going through and yeah. checking out yeah. the gyms. Mm-hmm. If you have to try eight gyms before you find the one you want, well, you still got eight classes in. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. You, let me tell you, once you sign up, you're going to have to do more yeah, classes. Exactly. You're going to yeah. do a lot more than eight yeah. classes. So yeah. we might as well start that process and go around. The biggest thing is you can research online, but it's who is in front of you. Mm. Go, go, Just go see. Yeah. And I know we all don't want to spend that time, but at the end of the day, 
if I'm going to trust you with my kid, yeah, I need to know that you are it. trustworthy. Exactly. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah no, I, I, listening to you speak to those kids, which by the way is one of the greatest things a, a human being can do is pour into our children. So I want to honor you. you and thank you for that. Thank you. But now it makes so much sense hearing the lessons that you pour into those kids because of listening to your story. So this last question, unless you guys have have anything else. Go ahead. This is our big finisher. We ask every guest this question. This goes back to your journey. If you could go back to any point in your life and just tell yourself one thing, doesn't necessarily mean you go change anything, but if you just go tell yourself one thing, where do you go and what do you tell yourself? I think I go back to 15 years old with that conversation with my dad and how he steered me so far away from God. And I explained to myself, search out the Lord, find Jesus, and don't quit searching until you find him. And then mm. once you find him, follow him. Mm. Because that was where my whole life changed. I mean, there's so much to my story that we didn't even get to cover today. You know, but five years ago when I gave my life to Christ, that was when some of the biggest changes in my life came about. And that's literally, I, I attribute the place that I'm in to God. Mm. I have this place because of God. You know, and, and I tell you what, it didn't look like it because I was training at a guy, you know, who, uh, you know, he fought Pride, mm -hmm. which was the um, Japanese version yep. of the UFC. Mm -hmm. um, eventually got swallowed up by the UFC because of whatever issues mm -hmm. happened and um, but he fought pride. He fought UFC. He fought way back like UFC 34. So we're talking way back in the yeah. beginning, you know, this guy, he, he taught me a lot of skills and man, I had an awesome training environment. And even nowadays he didn't, I didn't get my black belt from him. I sh was supposed to some political mm -hmm. gym politics got involved and, and I got kicked out of his gym by him. And at the time that it happened, I would have told you, that it was the worst thing that could have ever happened in my life. Mm. It was a big pivot point. And literally I had to look at Laura and I had to ask, you know, figure out what are we going to do? Mm. Because I, at this point I had been training for uh, 13 years. Yeah. 13 years. I was tired. I hadn't got my black belt yet. And I was kicked out of the one gym that I wanted to train at. Mm. I was not really interested in going to any of the other gyms in the area. I knew, you know, I've been around long enough. Mm. I knew what was out there. Mm. And I had felt like I was in the best place possible. And I just got removed by it, removed from it mm. by the head guy. So there was not that option. And, you know, I had the, the owner of Rockstar saying, hey, I'll open a gym for you. I'll open a gym. He had been saying mm. this for a long time. And we had had some relations. And so I finally, I just called him up he said yeah you know it was, it was i got kicked out two days before thanksgiving out of my old gym and then i got um i had this meeting the day after thanksgiving with this guy he's like yeah i'll open a gym for you he only said it mm. once and then you know there we were we, he was opening the gym for me and you know everything he mm. said to me he only said it one time and then i was left to question whether it was ever going to come about and then there it was you know <laughs> wow. and so at the time when i gave my life to christ about a year later i got removed from this environment which i, I realized was so toxic and so bad mm. and i understand why mm. i was removed from it now but that removal as much as it looked like a stumbling block mm. was the rocket Back point it was the point that shot me up and brought me to where i'm at now mm. and, and and i mean i'll tell you at that time 
before I gave my life to Christ, I didn't want to teach children. That was the worst idea you could ever give me. <laughs> you want me to do what? And I remember, I mean, I, even my dream was to have a gym full of adults. It was not to have children. It mm. was not to do what you get to see me do now. My dream was not that. My dream was to have a gym full of sharks, people mm. beating each other mm-hmm. up, fighting, you know, training MMA fighters for the UFC and stuff. That was my and then after I gave my life to Christ, he put it on my heart to do children. Softened. And even then, I, you know, I was teaching kids' yeah. classes at this other gym. And all of a sudden, one day, I had 50 kids around me. I was the only guy on the mat. I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't understand where mm. these kids came from. But all of a sudden, I started getting personal messages from parents about the messages that I was speaking into yeah. them. And, and so I think I would tell my 15-year-old self, look, what he's talking about is nonsense. But you need to find the real man, right. the real God, mm-hmm. because I promise you, your life will change. Oh, man. I love that's that. Awesome. I love it. That's a great yeah. way. I know, awesome. again, we could do a whole that's other right episode ended, yeah. from then on. Absolutely. But, man, we really appreciate you sharing your journey and your story and, and everything that God's doing with you now um, and the impact that you're making on the community up up in North Dallas. And so thank you for, for that. Absolutely. I'm um, grateful to have been here, guys. This, man, was, this, was, this was wonderful. Yeah. So I, fun. I appreciated it. Thank Absolutely. you. Appreciate you. Well, uh, those of you, make sure to follow us uh, on all social media platforms, the Darren Woodson Show, Instagram, Twitter. I guess we're on the TikTok now. I don't know. On the TikTok. On the tickety Are we on the Google, too? we got to do our we're dance. Always, we gotta, we're always Coach on the Coach John, you got to join us for the dance. Oh, we'll be on the Google soon, apparently. We're, we're being told by Elizabeth. Uh. Um, but, yeah, make sure to share. Uh, as, you, as you hear this episode, go check out uh, a martial arts rock star if you're up, up, up mm-hmm. north or in, in the Dallas area. Um, I guarantee you. Uh, it will it will change your life. Yes, I guarantee it. Yeah, yes. thank you. That's, that's why Darren you, and I, I are appreciate joining. Appreciate you guys having me here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank uh, y'all. Thanks, guys. Thank you.